0: Cool, so we're
1: gonna
0: rock and roll. You ready? Off right. we go. Yeah. Man. Give, a, give a clap. Give a clap? God, you start this, you're
1: crazy. <laughs> hey everybody, it's Rob from National Fire Radio. Hey guys, Jeremy and Tucker. We got a special guest tonight Bobby Eckert from Camden Fire. Captain. 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 Engine company number Uno, City of Camden. Yes.
0: Yes. Uno is one rock. <laughs> my I mean,
1: vietnamese I mean, is weak <laughs> now yeah, yeah i got it I <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that's good anyway brother so yeah, we're bilingual now that's it's great. it's it's great to have you here in the studio it was awesome to see you down in surf city in the surf city that we were at i, I got confused with all the cities it was so uh beach
0: week. yeah so yeah beach week national fire radio beach week right real quick story um i reached out to rob right so i saw you so bobby eckert has um fa- fantastic uh instagram page where he does his Tactical Tuesdays I do. Uh, and so on. So all his experience in uh, Camden, New Jersey, which we'll talk about. There's a lot of people that probably aren't familiar with Camden and we'll talk about that. It's quite a unique city, heavy fire load, busy department. Um, Bobby goes out and does lectures uh, and uh, talks about grit firefighting, real firefighting. Indeed. Yeah, and so uh, the opportunity came up where I saw Bobby was doing a lecture and I called Rob at a Clear Blue and I'm like, hey. You, know, you live an hour north into New York State, and I live in you know northern New Jersey. Let's drive two and a half hours down to the shore to go yeah. see this guy from Canada. Pay tolls. Yeah, right. Pay tolls back forth the
1: whole night. On months, the way right? home, he's like, "Man, you got like an hour and a half after this two-hour drive." I'm like, "Yeah, nap It's worth exactly. it. It's all good." So we drive down to the
0: Jersey Shore, fist pump to the Jersey Shore, and uh, and we sit through your class, and uh, we introduced ourselves to you there, and. Uh, I have to tell you, I, I've sat through a lot of lectures in, in my years, and I enjoyed it because it was real, and there wasn't a lot of fluff, so I thank you for that, but I think, that goes, it. I think that goes to your character and the type of farming you are, and that's, I think, exactly why we wanted you here tonight, so I, I thank you for joining us. So Rob obliged, we went down there, and we had a great yeah. time, and yeah. we ended up meeting the brothers in Surf City, and got to meet them and, and look at
1: their, some of their equipment, so it was a fantastic opportunity for us, so it was good. One of the, I think, defining moments in my personal relationship where Molly realized that if they say I'm going to be back by 10 o'clock. No, it doesn't happen. Yeah. She's like, 10, ten o'clock there. plus 6. All right. Okay,
2: Open-ended. Yeah. When you give a time, you're held to it. Remember that. That's true. So, but anyway, Bobby, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. It's, yeah. You have no idea what it means to me to be here, so. Cool.
0: Um, let's just get into a story and then talk yeah. about well, fires. Let, what let's, do you want to do?
2: Let's start it. How did you get started, firefighters? So if you
3: were an explorer,
2: right? So uh, my dad was a fireman. Uh, he was the uh, career chief in Collinswood and a career fireman there for 33 years. And I, you know, my earliest memories are going to the firehouse. And you know, my dad working and my mom taking me there. And my dad, uh, before he was chief, he was on night works. They would do six nights in a row. Uh, six day work, six night, six day works, a day off, six night works, three days off. And, you know, I would go see my dad, and, um, you know, it was, it was my dad's job. I didn't really know any different, and I was an only child, and my mom, I have a stepsister, and I uh, have stepbrothers, but I was my parents' only child, so I didn't really know. My my, my mom was uh, 43 when she had me, so, you know, I, I, I guess I might have been a whoops, I don't know, i get it done, but... Uh, yeah, I, I went to the firehouse and I, I kinda figured growing up that's probably what I would be, but I don't know. And my mom worked for the Camden County Sheriff's Department in Camden at the county seat and my dad went to pick her up one day and I saw a slime green snorkel drive past me like the sirens and I was like, Wow, that looks like Ghostbusters slimer. You did say slime green. Slime I green he did. I'm yeah, a, if, if I'm the president of the fire service, all rigs are slime green. And I was kind of hooked there, and I wanted to know a little more about Camden, and my dad would drive me around, show me some things. And that was pretty much it. I I, I, got, I thought, I don't know, I want to be like my dad because that's what most boys want to be like, their father. And that was professional life took me. I said, I'll, I'll probably be a fireman. I don't know. And uh, Collins had started a Fire Explorer post when I was 14, and you had to apply, and I, I went to it, and uh, reluctantly a little bit, I wasn't, you know, excited about it or enthralled. And I went, interviewed, I got on the Explorer Post and I got bit by the bug. Yeah. And that was it. And uh, but I always had this weird obsession with Camden to the point where when I was before that, I would there was a Radio Shack on the edge of Collinswood and Camden Border, Collinswood Borders Camden. I would go to the Radio Shack and go inside and program one five three point seven seven zero megahertz, their scanner, <laughs> the Camden dispatch, and I would ride my bike into Camden or engine seven was it's the busiest suppression in the city. It's that our sort of local one. I, I would ride my bike in there, 10, 11, 12 years old, just buffing fires because I would tell my parents I was someplace else. I would lie to them and I would go
1: there and that's what I would do. I had my bike stolen a couple times. I was just going to say, cause like just, just had a, I have heard some things about Camden and it doesn't seem like a place that I would have survived if I was 14 years old riding my bike around. Camden is a depressed but city, it's actually on the up and up, it's actually refreshing to see, but <clears> it is, uh, it does have a
2: history of a lot of fire duty, yeah. and uh, I was obsessed with them flying green rigs, and I just wanted to see them, and Engine 7 happened to be the closest one, and I was like, I want to work there one day, and I never really put too much thought in, it. I was a kid, and I, that's what I would do when I was alone, because I was an only child, and I became a fire explorer, and it just went from there. I joined the Volunteer Firehouse when I was 18, because you go to the Volunteer Fire Company. My dad was a life member, it was very cool to do that. And when I was 19, Collins would uh, they have a career staff, they started 1927. They always had 9 or 10 guys. And they took over the uh, ambulance in 2002, and they hired 7 guys. And I had the opportunity at 19 to be one of those guys. Wow, and that's cool. 19 years 19 old. 19 years old. Was my year was th- uh, 2002. 2002? Yeah, right awesome. out of high school. Pretty much, yeah. I did work. I worked for the public works. and worked for the public works department. I feel like every I worked for the public works department. I it's a common theme. It was a great. It was it was the greatest job I ever had other than the Canada fire department. I met a lot of interesting people and uh, I learned a lot of interesting things. I Not about public works. <laughs> <you know>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I and, gotcha. And uh, yeah, I you know, but my I worked there and you know my goal always was kind of candid. You know I, I the residency thing is tough you got to live there and a lot of I know a lot of guys in the suburbs would move in who only use the address and not get hired and I figured I'm gonna do it I'm gonna put all my eggs in one basket over the advice of a lot of people if I had a dollar but somebody told me I wouldn't be a can of fireman I wouldn't need to be here I would own a yacht or something mm-hmm. and usually when people tell me I can't do things I go don't it's game time yeah so I bought a house and I moved in there and it worked out for me I live with my best friend. Uh, his name's Andy uh, Stas Dusches. He actually died of uh, cancer when he we 23 years old. Oh. He was mm-hmm. on the career stage of college with too. And uh, he was actually right when they were getting ready to hire. He actually had to turn in the job because he was he had cancer so bad. And uh, I got hired at 23 in Camden, and that's where I've been ever since. I, mean, I had a layoff in 2011 because The uh, city went through budgetary well, issues. Or Christy did his thing. And, yeah. Uh, you know. How long were you um, laid off for? Eight months. Yeah. That had to be a tough eight months. It was uh I learned very fast that the only skill I have in life is firefighting. <laughs> you know, you try to go get a job and I bartended a little bit, which uh was nice, but uh you know, I learned very fast that that's the only skill I have. Yeah. And it was it was humbling, I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. But you know, it was like waking up in every day of your life and get kicked in the balls all day long. But, yeah, you know, you get the dream ticket to the dream job, and but I took a lot of tests in between there before trying to get hired at Camden, and I kind of turned a lot down. Like I turned <coughs> Baltimore yeah. City down, I turned New York City down. I just wanted to be a Camden fire. Yeah,
0: well, it was in your blood from the get go. Yeah, it's slime yeah. green race. <laughs> uh, when they when when they
2: went through their budgetary issues, how many guys were laid off? So at the first cut, there was probably like thirty five demotions and maybe sixty of us laid off. Wow and they brought like 35 guys back within a month with a safer grant the, you know, the international association of firefighters got involved and in that whole thing how many are on the job tour yeah. we are and i don't know this number <laughs> it makes me look bad but we're we're, no, we're, we're we're probably right around 200. okay maybe you know that's a huge see. cut though yeah it was. A, significant you know, the, cut. The, the, the department was bigger when i got on it was probably in like maybe 220 230. we had 11 companies we don't have that now you know, depressed city, state control. These things happen. It, it kind of, you know, not get into it, but you know, they set themselves up for failure a long time ago. Sure. And I just got caught up in it. And I remember, I remember when I got laid off. I got laid off. Uh, my father, whose uh, name's Bob, uh, he said to me, uh, "Don't take it personal. You're just caught up in something." And I, because a lot of guys were. A lot of guys weren't taking it personal. I actually tried to work my last day. A lot of guys called out sick. Right. And said, you know. Yeah, a few. A few. Yeah. Have a nice life. I, I, I just. I figured, you know what, I, I got this gift and I want to go as many fires as I can till the end day. And the, actually my last tour was the day they laid us off and I showed up to work and they wouldn't let me work. And they said, you know, you're, you're done and we don't want you to get hurt on your last day because we can't cover you. And we went we marched and turned in our gear and things and it was um, a very emotional day. Yeah. Uh, it's something that, that I, I will probably carry with me for the rest of my life. Having, I love the fire service so much having it taken from me. Is something I can't even explain. It's kind it. of what I was getting. Well, I mean,
0: you, you just called it a gift. You had the gi- you had the gift of working there, right? You called. I mean, I think it was the word "gift" you used yeah. to call it. Uh, you know that you had the honor of working. It's. I mean, that that is to me just speaks and, to. And the it tall shows character. you how much
2: you like the job because now you can't have it. I couldn't have and, it, and uh, yeah. you know, especially that fire department. To me, it's a premium organization, and with a reputation. And I was a member of it, and I worked in really good companies
1: up to that great captains and it just it tore me apart that, I, yeah. I think a lot of times too because we hear about layoffs in in uh, like social media and the media and everything else and people don't realize that there's a human end it to at the to end no, you know I mean, it, it, like there's somebody who's who's not providing for their family they're out of work and like you said like you really find out that there's one thing you're really good at, that's I, being a firefighter. I watched I watched cars get repoed out of the parking lot, guys lost their houses. I
2: mean, it really affected a lot of guys' yeah. lives. Even the guys, you know, even though the guys got laid off, it was like my whole recruit class, or my whole recruit class got laid off. Some of us got brought back in the first wave, but watching the captains get demoted, because these guys were captains for four or five years, and get demoted, and they're like losing their houses. I felt more for them than I did for myself because, like, they were established for a few years, worked in a commercial yeah. dam for something, and to lose it—I mean, disgusting—is the only word I can think of. Yeah, of. and, and I, I
0: mean, you're you're hitting on the monetary end of it, and, but I look at the psyche of it.
2: Right? Oh, it messed like, my head. hard and,
0: and Yeah, I mean, and not—I I mean, I could—I couldn't even. I mean, you know, just the the hear of a fire engine going down the street the next day, you know, or you know, yeah, that, a, that something that you love that <laughs> passion that you have because. Firefighting, you know, for some it's a job. For most people it's a, it's a love. It's a lifestyle. It it is. So
3: well as a volunteer, when you hear the horns go off and let's say you're injured or something, you still You want to get involved. Well, even you're, when you're old you see older guys, yeah. like they wanna want come well, you up You wanna ride. You wanna get there and at least well, what's going on, you know? And even right. if you don't have that or if you were told, Oh, you got a broken leg, you should sit a month down you don't want you come around the firehouse. Well no, because that's kinda of what you do. You know?
2: Yeah. It's part and of your for, life. For whatever reason, during that time period, we went to a, a lot, City of Camden had a lot of fires and these guys, I, I will give it to um, a lot of guys, I actually work, I'm in a double house and the ladder captain, Kevin Falkman, he was uh, demoted. And these guys gave their all through that whole situation, you know, they weren't happy about what was going on, but when the tones went off, they did their job and I think a lot, I think that says a lot about our fire department, the guys that work there. Yeah, yeah. This fire in the uh, picture here, what was the date and
3: can you tell us what that building is?
2: So, from what I know, it's a 1968 fire. Bob Bartos, who was the Camden Fire Department photographer, he has uh, two books black and white, red all over. And he has 10 men in iron helmets from uh, Philadelphia. He was a Camden Fire photographer, he still lives. He lives in uh, North Carolina now. This was actually an arson fire, it was set by a draft dodger. That's actually where you went when you got, uh, in 1968, where you went and uh, you got drafted, you went to that building to go off for your military service. Huh. And he lit it on fire and it took off. while. There was actually a priest at the time in Camden who let revolt on uh, draft dodging. And I think that had something to do with it. But that was um, late 60s into the 70s and 80s was a tremendous amount of fire due for the city of Camden. And I'm a huge buff. I love the 60s. I mean, it take me back to late 60s as a fireman, I would give anything. Give me the flux capacitor and that's where I'm going. That's fantastic. That's and, great. Well, that was back know.
3: in the days when you were allowed to eat the smoke.
2: Yeah, I mean, you were allowed to do a lot of things. And I just think it's cool. I mean, everybody... There was no I mean, 2 bottles. limit. and toys, and <laughs> no just, bottle. Another, just another day for those guys. Remember, <laughs> there asshole. were bottles, but we didn't have many of them. So only certain guys got them. I think yeah. it's cool you see the Coke bottle, City Hall, in the background. Uh, cool thing about Camden, I think a lot of people all know, that it being the press city it is now, Camden is the only uh, municipality in the United States of America during the Great Depression that did not ask for financial assistance. They took a second mortgage out on their ability to pay their bullies. They never asked for one piece huh. of government assistance. No kidding. Yeah, it, was such a, it was such a bustling, thriving city.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, in, in just for people, some people are listening through podcasts and not watching the YouTube video or so uh, Bobby was nice enough to bring us a black and white framed photo of this fire from 1968, Eight. and uh, it's pretty kick-ass, and I love it because it speaks to what we're doing here. It's the tradition sure. and the culture. When firemen were firemen, and you know, strong as nails, and so on. I mean, you know, you can go on and on. But I just, I, I love the picture. That's going to go right on the wall. We're, for everybody listening, we're going to be uh, the new studio is coming very soon, and uh, for September. Uh, with some other stuff we're rolling out. But uh, this is going to go prominently on the wall. I have another picture here from Stan when he was here. Uh, Stan Kufel was here a few weeks ago, and uh, we have that one that we're going to get framed and put on the wall as well. So uh, absolutely appreciate it. Thank you no, for no
1: for sharing that with us. But uh, So kind of moving on here, the, the, the tradition of what we usually do, we talk about your first fire. Yeah. What was your first fire? So it's funny. I talk to my wife about this going into it. I don't know. What fire do you
2: want? Do you want my first fire as an explorer? Do you want my first fire in Collinswood? Do you want my first fire in Camden? Where would you well, like st-
3: my first fire? Uh, start when you were an explorer because that yeah. would have been your first
2: real fire as a fire. So I've been going to fires since I've been a child. My mom would pop me in a stroller and walk mm-hmm. me down there to see my dad and I would cry because I was scared. That's my mom's running joke that I would cry <laughs> all the time. I don't remember so oh. I can't take credit for it. But, uh, my first fire as an explorer was uh, at Collingswood. is a community just like the one here that I'm in. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful, big houses, and it's a very nice community. But there's a, a section of row houses, and it was on Conger Avenue. It was a bedroom fire. It was a fire explorer. I had my parents drop me off. You we were only allowed to hang out until 9 o'clock. I think the fire came in at like 8.30, and I was there hanging out, and it was a bedroom fire, and I was just there changing cylinders. And I remember I wore my, uh, my flash hood. They don't call flashers anymore, but that's what we call them, right? Flashers. Because I didn't know what it was for. I had it on. I remember an old guy yelling at me for, have, for wearing, What are you wearing that for? You're not going inside a fire. I'm like, I don't know. I'm yeah, like 14. Right. I'm just here. This is it great. It cool. Can bring yeah, the I can breathe smoke through. I changed a couple cylinders. It was a bedroom fire, and that was it. And I was like, This is awesome. And that was it. And I went to a bunch as a fire explorer. And uh, my first fire as a volunteer fireman, I knew a, uh, one of my friends. Uh, Billy Glassman worked in the fire alarm room and we had Nextel's, I remember the Nextel. He gave me a Nextel click that there was a fire. He got a 911 call for a fire in Collinswood and I left my parents' house, went to the firehouse. The career engine was out. I made the second engine. It was a balloon frame, uh, rear bedroom. I took the second line to the attic and there was no fire extension but I felt a little heat and it was, again, very exciting for me. Uh, And my first fire in Camden, we drove past the house on fire. Heavy fire coming out of the windows, and the driver drove right past it, and we ended up being second to him. And think,
3: well, <laughs> all right, so let's talk about that. Yeah, over yeah, right, yeah, exactly. There's this great so, bar. Down did he not? Street. Was he looking at his phone? Like, what? How did you miss that? Yeah, this this yeah. was
2: before phones. Yeah, right. You know, it was. A, it, it was. A, there was a, another fire in the city, so it was in a different district, and we weren't really sure of the streets. So I think we were all dialed into the map book. With it was it was a one block street, like actually a real small green street, which is in uh, Squad 7, a Squad 7's district. And there's probably maybe I don't know ten houses on the street, five on each side. And it was one, I mean there was fire blowing the window. I was like, we drove up the street. And I was we didn't go to we drove past Green Street and there was fire blowing the window. I was like, that's the house on fire. Cap. And he's like, oh shit. And we went around and <laughs> we were second to So. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you know, things happen. Absolutely. Things yeah. happen. Thanks. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I was uh I was uh, when we got out when I got hired in Canada, we had a 12-week academy, came out and uh they did a rotation thing my first year. He did uh, two engines in a truck, so I went to engine one, which are what I'm assigned to now, but it was different then. Fire headquarters then had engine six, ladder one, and engine one, and car three, and we had an own duty deputy chief. I was at Engine One, which it was kind of a slower company, then goes to Engine Six, and going to the fire, we drove past it. I was very, 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 very bummed out at it, but I, yeah, you know, I just kept it myself. I stretched second line, they knocked it down. I was like, damn, but it happens. And uh, after that, I went to Ladder Two, which is, was down on Morgan Boulevard at the time. We did four months there, so it's like four months rotation. I was there, and it seemed like for whatever reason, then I was always the fast truck. It's like God didn't want me to go to a fire. It felt like, and then I went to Engine Nine, which is where I ended up staying for four years. And uh, that Engine Nine made me a fireman. Uh, the captain I had there, Larry Buckingham. Uh, I walked in there. He asked me how many fires I had in my year because he didn't. You know, he was an old school guy. He was actually an Engine Seven fireman. I was like, not many, cap. And he laughed at me and. You know, we went to a fire on 27th Street, which is where the firehouse is at 27 Fender. If you get on 27th Street, it's kind of messed up, the road's messed up, and we pulled up, we had smoke showing, and I got out of the rig, I pulled the line, and I tripped, and I ate the pavement, got up the steps, and I cut my face like this. I, I put my face on, I kept going, I didn't know until the afterwards it was all banged up. And uh, I remember getting to the top of the steps, and the truck captain, Andy McGee, who's the battalion chief now, it was a the bedroom fire was kinda of like decaying. He was fanning the door for me. <laughs> for me to get a get that's a good awesome. fire. Yeah. Was he was like, like, get like, Get up here, <laughs> probie! <perky>. Come on! <laughs> Hurry! I like, can't keep the smoke going. Much longer. He was telling me not to be a pussy and get up there. And he's the That's for fantastic. It. And I'm like, oh my god, he's fanning the door. I'm Like, what is that? And he's like, I fan the door, I'm like, I don't even know what that means. But now I know what it means, and I'll fan the door for any purpose they want me to fan it for now. But uh, then yeah, that was
1: that's that's awesome. That was my first fire engine What was the what was the um? That down. What was the first uh, like, for, like in Canada? Like, what was your first like, like you were like, yeah, this is legit. Like, so you were on the, on truth, the line. Whenever, truth like, be told, I, I, I be ton alive. I told you I didn't think about quitting
2: Canada my first year. Um, I had a very tough time mm-hmm. transferring from the suburbs to city. It was very, very fast-paced environment that I was not used to at all, and it was. Uh, Discouraging because I was making a lot of like rookie mistakes that I thought that I shouldn't be making because I've been doing this since fourteen. What am I doing? I was very hard on myself my first year. Uh, I would say my first fire where I, I realized it was legit when I uh, we had a two-story middle road, ordinary, really heavy fire on the first and second floor. And uh, my captain Larry, if he watches this, he's going to be mad at me. But he's he's a very short man. And I remember when I met him, I'm like this guy's the captain. And we pulled up, <laughs> and he's short and, and skinny, and he's like, come on, kid, let's go. We took a line in, and I'm like, this place is fully involved, but in Canada, that's just heavy fire on the first and second floor. And we took a inch three quarter in, and we went front to rear on the first floor, backed up, went right up the steps to the second floor, and that was it. And he pushed me the whole time. I had no idea what was going on. I can't believe I was part of it, mm-hmm. and that was it. And I was like, oh my God. So my next fire was on Langham Avenue, and another fire going uh, in uh, the Fairview section, so we weren't, we were actually, uh, we arrived at the same time, as in a different engine, and there was a heavy fire on the first floor, and it was extended up to the second floor, and I went to the second floor, Engine 8 with uh, Captain JJ, who's was a great fireman, he had, the, he had the fire knock. he was knocking fire on the first floor, and I went up the steps, and I plunged my right leg through the stairs and my bunker pants came up to my knee, I didn't know it. When I got to the top of steps, there was fire up there, I put my knee down on the stairs. Smokes. Oh my God, I said it was hot. You pussy, come on, to keep going. Up. Like, I, my, my bare knee was on the ground. He shoved me in there, I couldn't. He, it's one of his favorite stories to tell, if you ask him but I, remember <laughs> my, I remember when I got hired, came, my dad told me, he's like, I don't care how hot that fire is, don't tell anybody about it. Right. Keep it to yourself. Right. That's right. And uh, that's right. I'm just like, my leg, my leg, it's hot. He, kept, he thought I was saying the fire was hot, I was saying my leg was burning, but
1: mm-hmm.
2: I was a young kid, and, Yeah, so that's my string of first five, I swear. That's funny. That's awesome. That's, uh, yeah, that's
3: How many big. runs do you guys go on
2: a year? Camden City as a whole, I would say we're ten to 11,000. And, and that's your truck itself? Uh, so, Engine 1 is the busiest mm-hmm. engine. Uh, we do anywhere from, I, I believe last year we did high 14, so I think this year if it keeps up, we'll probably hit 1,600. But we brown our company out every day. An engine is browned out on either side of me every day, which just makes your district that much bigger. Yeah, it does. And it's 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 challenging, especially with probies and training. Yeah. I can't. To me, if you're an engine, I if it's nice out, you're putting hose in the street every day, and sometimes I can't do it because of the brownout. Right. So it's frustrating. And we got a lot of new guys rolling around there with not
1: a lot of fire experience. I mean, our fires are are down because they knock a lot of vacant buildings down. You know. One of the things I took away from your class uh, was that you said, like, when it came to like training, like, work guys for 20 minutes, but hold it up on that. Yeah, it's. And I I went back to work the next day and I was like, I took a bunch of notes in the class and I was like, all right, like, went down to Surf City and I saw this guy last night. These are a couple of things I want to point, you know, hit on. And one of the guys, was like, really, just 20 minutes. And I'm like, no, it makes sense. Like, you guys pitch and moan about like having to do training and then ambulance calls come in, EMS runs, etc. but yeah. like it makes sense. Like, do you really want me to beat you for an hour? Quotes. And then, you know, something real comes in or you got to go, like, now you have to be in somebody's living room, you know, taking their blood pressure and being like, hey, how, how are you doing today? When that chest pain start? Like, you know, and it's- it was just, it, it, it clicked and it just made sense. And I was like, yeah, that's quality training. Cause we, we measured it on hours and I, I was like, "No, like that's like that's not a good way to do it." It's I'd rather you get quality,
2: yeah. not quantity. And if I can, I train these guys without even them knowing it. Like we go well, out and we drive around and we look at this, and look at that, and that's absolutely they don't even know they're training. But it's just me talking about buildings, and I'm, I'm obsessed with building construction. If you know me, that's my mm-hmm. thing. I love it. I love 18th century, 19th century building construction. You know, I love it, and. I'll drive around all day long looking at it, but I try not to do that. But yeah, I mean, I put hose in the street, we train on what we need to do as an engine. This is our job, first and second to, I feel like a lot of training guys do is add this extra stuff that you might not even use every day. Let me give you something you're gonna use every day, and then maybe we'll talk about something that's new or whatever. Especially with younger guys on the job, you know, you gotta hold their attention span. Yeah, And and I think, uh, you know, being the, being an officer, especially a new officer, that's that's hard to do. Yeah,
0: I, I think um, you you said something in your lecture when we were there that um, really stuck with me about how you go to work every morning and you have the same routine every morning. You get up, you get ready for work, you get a cup of coffee, and then you. I don't you, drink coffee. right, uh, I'm sorry. There was something you do something in the morning. No, I my seats and I don't shave, you? but I don't drink. Just saying, so you know, because so my dad's what, gonna wash this. All
2: right. My dad calls me a communist because I don't drink it's coffee. I'm the only fireman. Right. That yeah. might oh. be, that no,
0: might be why the coffee sticks in my head. But the point I want to make is that you said that every single day you go to work, you find a different way to go. Every time. And, yeah. I, and, that, and that really sticks with me because I do a lot of that on my engine with my guys. And, uh, and now that I have the seat mostly driving all the time for, for these guys, is when we come back from calls, I like to take the long way home. And I've preached that on this show and on a lot of our Instagram posts, take the long way home. Find another way to go back to the firehouse after training, after a run. Take, don't take the most direct route. Find something to talk about and take a different route on the way home, um, because I think it's so important. And you pointed out that you like to see the building, You'll stop, look at the buildings. she will see a lot of pictures. Yeah, and I think that's great. Even today, I was talking to Bobby today on the phone, yeah. and he said, "Well, I'm gonna," or we were texting, and you were like, "I'm gonna stop and take a bunch of pictures." You want to stop in Patterson, and you want to do a couple
2: other things. And any chance I get to look at building instruction I do. Uh, it's. I've always done it, actually, in my first capital at book game, he actually gave me the idea when I was uh, a young fireman, and I kind of did it, and I don't always, I work in Engine 1's district, I don't get out to a lot of districts, you know, you don't, if there's a fire in another district, I'm in, i might not go. Right. So, to me, if I can maybe cruise through there, I leave my house, roll call's at 7, I leave my house about 5.50, and I live 10 minutes from the city, I'm in, I drive around for 20 minutes, do right. my thing, and I go to work. That's, that's well, you, awesome. you, could,
3: you look at these buildings and see how you know they're adding to it and whatnot there was there was one guy injured and another guy killed in a Texas fire about two years ago and they said they had rolled by this building like all the time but they didn't remember that they put other roofs over the top of it. So when they got in it, it was totally different than the way they had think were thinking. Mm-hmm. but they ride by it every day and then after that, Now they they look at all their buildings. They start talking about well, you know, has there been construction before that? Is it actually in our sheets? Do we have some permits for this? Is it real? You know, and uh, people just forget about that. You get complacent. You just drive by
2: things, and it's like you said, same way home each time. Well, you're not you're not gaining anything. No, and and I uh, I I do go to I do go the same way home every day, but I come in a different way. But yesterday had a fire um, in Engine One's district, and when somebody told me the house on fire, I knew exactly what house it was and I was very familiar, it had no floors in it. And they caught that right away and I'm mm. happy they did, but you know, it's one of the things you You get a lot by just working the neighborhood. Yeah. You know, parking the rig, mm-hmm. walking up the street, yep. talking to people. I'm not a cop. I don't care what's going on in this neighborhood when it comes to that stuff. I just wanna know who's here, who's doing this, who's squatting here, whatever. And if you're if you treat everybody my father and my mother have raised me to well, whoever I Encountering life, treating with respect, that you want to be treated. And I try to do it in work all the time. So right. I don't Absolutely. care if you're a drug addict, transient, prostitute. Who there's a lot prostitution is very big in the city of Camden. I still treat you with dignity and respect. And hey, what's going on here? Do you go here? What goes on this house? Because you might be the person that's laying there squatting in the middle of the night, and I got to come in and get you out. That, right. That's the way I look at it. And, right. You know, I learn a lot from people in the city. I learn a lot from walking around the city, and I learn a lot more being off and driving around in my own truck in the city. Mm-hmm. You still have a lot of abandoned buildings. There's the there's a lot of uh, vacant, you know. I, I call them, you know, we use the term vacant, but I use it very loosely. Like, Again, yeah, there's a lot of transients that are in and out of buildings, but yeah, there's they've they've locked, they've knocked a lot of them down. Um, you know, it's kind of caught our fire to be a little bit, but that's life.
1: One of the uh, one of the things that I got, the other, one of the other things that I got from the class that I was just really blown away with was the size of a card, and it's something that I actually did. I went back and I did the whole, and it, it then in the class you were like, you said, what do you have, location of the fire, occupants, where is the fire going, and what do you need to combat it? And, like, I've been a officer for two years. We're now. about the same. Yeah, like, oh, and sure. and I was like, you know, and I was like, wow, like, that's, I, I've been, like, looking at uh, can reports, like, conditions, actions, and needs, but, like, this was so much better Justin, like I said, like, I made that card, it's in my pocket, I pull it out, and I have it now with me in the rig. so that every time I get there, and like, I mean, like I said, there's just so many knowledge bombs that happened in that class that you were like, you know, just dropping. I was just like, all right, and Jeremy's like sitting there like this the whole time, like, nodding, and he looks over, he's like, what are you doing writing stuff down? I'm like, don't worry about what I'm doing. I, I'll,
0: I'll tell you this, it was, what, what I got from it, and, and I'm not a big, like, note taker, I kind of like to digest it, but what, like, ultimately what I got from it was, it's street smart firefighting. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe we need to talk about that a little bit because we, we kind of talked yeah. about it off camera and off recording earlier about just the direction of the fire service. And I don't want to dwell on that and we've talked about it a lot here, but what I do want to talk about is like street smart, common sense. I posted something today on our Instagram just about like booster lines and we got some pushback on all of our social platforms. We get pushback about everything, you know, at your, there's always going to be but my issue is this, right? It's like I subscribe to the school of common sense, and firefighting is inherently 100% common sense, or maybe 95% common sense, 5% like street smarts or book smarts, right? So, like, I just look at it that way. But maybe you can touch on that because, like, your the lecture you offer is street smart firefighting,
1: right? I mean, it's logical street smart firefighting because that was one thing where like building construction always trips me up, but he had a logical way of laying it out. Absolutely, and I was just like, all right, now I got it. So. I'm the type of person,
2: if I've taken building construction classes in, uh, like I went to community college for fire science, I took build a building construction class, I got the D in it. And I got to in it because you're over explaining me things. Like, can you put it in terms that I can understand? And I think street smart firefighting is that, in terms that you can understand. Right. It's experience based. So you might take a guy who barely graduated high school, but he's a fireman, and he's been a Osman his whole career. He's probably the best mom you're ever going to meet in your entire life because he's dumb. Right. If you've done something, like my mom makes the best chocolate chip cookies in the world because she cooks them 20 times a year. Right. right? So I want to learn from somebody who does something every day. Every day. And that's what Street Smart Firefighting is to me. My card that that I give to everybody, that I put on my, that, that's, that's the size that works for me because I I see people, when they pull into a fire, they look at the fire and they get tunnel vision. The fire is the last thing I look at if it's shown. Mm -hmm. That's easy. I know where it's at. I'm actually disappointed, to be honest with you. I want to go look for it and have some fun doing it. Street smart firefighting is just experience, experience, experience. And not everybody in this country can get the experience that some people get. And I know that. And I'm very fortunate to have gotten it. And I try to share with people. And a lot of people say you can't teach experience. I think you can I try to do it every Tuesday of my posts. It's it's my experience in a nutshell, you know. And if you have a way of teaching to people, they're going to understand. It. Yeah. And you know, street smart firefighting is just experience, experience, experience.
0: You you touched on that, so real quick, just a quick plug for you. But it's not even a plug. It's just it's it's a home run that you have your um, what is, your
2: Instagram handle is. Eckert underscore three three five, and every Tuesday. Right. Between 7:30 and 8:30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I post a Tactics Tuesday um, thing, and it's basically uh, my wife Brandi should get that I plugged her, but it was her idea, and you know, I just put some experience-based stuff out there. And this month I'm covering search, which actually kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone because I haven't really been assigned to a ladder company in a long time, and I, 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 you know, but you know, I put it out there with my experience and. You know, like today I did venire search, and venire search is like all of a sudden this dangerous thing. Yeah, I, I wanted to talk about this. Venire I like, search, search is something that has been done in 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 America for fifty years. I, I, it, when when somebody's going through a window and there's fire under them, I hope they're going through the window. You don't want them to go through the front door; it's on fire. There's there's people in there, and you go through the survivability profile and all this shit. I don't know i'm not god you're not god let's get in there and search the building but what i liked about it was
0: you talked about the i right so it's ves right it's always been ves now it's veis right and hit on it because I, I loved where you went me, with that if
1: i'm <laughs> it's pretty did awesome. you see that I, yeah, yeah
2: I, I thought it was great if i if i'm a truck guy a rest guy whatever and i'm going to do a ves and i and i throw my portable ladder i take the window and i hop in the window I sound it, make sure nobody's you know, nothing's there, no obstacle overcome. Could be a dress or it could be whatever. I get in the window and it's hot and I don't know what the engine's doing and I might be on the same floor as the fire. Yeah, I'm gonna go to the door and shut it because that's common sense. Exactly. That's Mm -hmm. common sense to shut shut the door because I'll tell you what, a holocore door will hold back a lot of fire. Mm -hmm. A lot of heat, whatever. And I'm gonna search the room and I'm gonna get out of there because that's what I'm there for. Get it, search, get out. And they throw this I in there, and like they want you to go in the room, bypass the search, isolate. Think I don't. It's confusing to me. And I'm a fireman. Well, I have a college education now, but I used to have a high school education before up to two years ago. And you're throwing letters in, acronyms that I knew from before. It's confusing to me. So the VIS, God bless you, whoever invented. it, You know, to me, you probably didn't do many vSS to begin with. And could are. very well be and but the other thing that i've no, the other thing that i've learned too right
0: and and so on is that i'm finding more and more in a fire service we can't take for granted that because of maybe lack of experience right lack of streets to our experience we take for granted that somebody might know they should isolate and close the bedroom door right sure. that comes with that comes with knowledge it comes with practicality right so on so maybe these acronyms are getting longer because we have to
2: explain further? And I, I don't I mean they don't teach V S and Fire One. No, you're right and they and should. That, they that, absolutely that, right. that that boggles my wine. Could, could you, you you take an eighteen year old kid who works in a bedroom community who went through fire one and maybe a Tuesday at one o'clock in the afternoon he's at a house fire, he could put a ladder up, take the window out, go in the window and effect a rescue. Why wouldn't you teach that tactic? To me, it's a safe tactic. Yes, you might be above the fire, you might be on the same floor as a fire, you might be opposite the hose line, but if you know how to do it, and you're taught it in Fire 1 under fire conditions, whether you're Burmins, Class A, Class B, whatever, if you're given a little bit of confidence in something, maybe you're gonna affect the rescue, and we're here to save life and property. Amen. I mean, I don't know what, what, what it seems like we're getting away from that. I can't believe Fire 1 does not teach VS, and when I went down to, my County Fire Academy, the Teach Fire one, I was mind-blown that's not a tactic. If you go to the Cannon Fire Department, our working fire policy dictates a VES from the first two ladder company on both sides of the building.
1: Right. Automatically. Yeah, that's what we do. You ladder the front, Mm
2: -hmm. you ladder the rear, and you're ves One guy might take the door and go through the front steps, but there's a VES happening on either side of the building right away, right away, because it's a life-saving tactic. Without a doubt. I agree. And I, I didn't invent it. I, I, guys use it every day. One of my best friends, Bobby Stolters, works a 58 truck in the Bronx. That's what they do. Right. That's what they do. Right. V.S. It's every everywhere. I can't believe that we're going to throw another letter in it and we're going to make people scared of it. <laughs> in the fire service. Well, in a fire service, well, you know, that, they make people scared of things,
1: so we stop doing it. And, and, and that's what we kind of experienced with the booster line. Like it was like, hey, like this is something that's practical. And this guy, I mean, I. You know what? You know why? You know why they get rid of booster lines?
2: Because they don't want you pulling them on car fires. Because people like me. Because I'm going to be the guy that pulls up at three in the morning and I say, pull the booster line. Let's get the hell out of here. Because a car fire is a waste of time to me. It's no fun. Right. I don't like. I, I love when I open. It's a my nuisance first, fire. I I love oh. when I open my first responder in a newspaper. Working car fire. All hands. I'm like, oh my god. Come on.
1: Like <laughs> booster <laughs> booster
2: line <laughs> and car fire.
1: But it was like it was like we we all of a sudden made a book and we we're like this is this is a booster line when you have a when you have a commercial occupancy pull this line first like yeah you know, I mean it was it like and it was just so ridiculous the one guy went went off it was crazy it was Yeah, that shot it was nice huh yeah I wasn't there I wish I was was that recent today uh no it's probably about a month ago gotcha like what's uh like are, are there other common sense things that you just you see that's not so common anymore Somebody, somebody pointed out, you know, we're doing like the Facebook Live thing, but like, it was like, hey, they don't teach common sense in Firefighter 1. And I think that's a, probably a whole nother, uh, whole other topic. But So common sense to me is like street smarts, mm-hmm.
2: which a lot of people don't have anymore. I mean, it's that my wife and I talk about this all the time. We try to give our kids street smarts and book smarts. But common sense is a thing where people are, they're selling gores in their phones. So social like for me media. right now? Like, we're, we're trying, trying to right go now. live, that's why. But people get tunnel vision. Are you going
1: live on Facebook on Facebook? Oh you're on Facebook you want me to, to do, uh, Instagram? Uh, do Instagram? We're trying to this get is Instagram. exactly what Bobby is talking about is yeah. the problem yeah. and we're But the problem is is that his peeps it's his
0: people that want it. They want it. And he's got yeah. he's got his fan club. It but it, don't uh, I can do, I can do IG on no, it. you but you no seriously
2: right. it's, yeah. it's 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 his I think I think people get tunnel vision. I think we get tunnel vision of fires you know they see the fire, they get excited Maybe it's their first fire, their second fire, whatever, and chokes out and they're running to do their thing and whatever, maybe they got a rotting assignment, whatever it is, and they're gonna, you know, overcome any obstacle to get to that, and mm-hmm. they might not be taking the best effort to get there. You know what I mean? Like, slow down. Let's take in the big picture, like we're the fire department, we're here, the, the problem's gonna get solved. But you know, a lot of people in the fire service, to me. We're getting away from these aggressive fire tactics. We're trying to reinvent the wheel, to reinvent the wheel here to the point where, you know, let's, let's transition. Let's do this, let's do that. To me, if I put the fire out fast, all the problems in the that's, world are gone, that's, are gone. You don't even need to call the canteen. That's the school that
0: I subscribe to. Get the line in place and put water on the fire. Just
2: get in there and put it out. Yeah. Get yeah. in there and put it out. And, you know, if you're the first steel engine, your job is to put water on that fire. Get it done, yep. get it done. Mm-hmm. I don't care what obstacle we have to overcome, make it happen. And a lot of people have a lot of problems with that. I mean, look at basement fires. Basement fires are some of the toughest fires you're ever gonna fight in your entire life. I don't like going to them, we all don't like going to them. I hope I never go to one again, but right. it's a tough fire. Right. There's no hard way to fight a basement fire other than to get down there and do it. You gotta go through the chimney, you gotta go down there, put the fire out, somebody's gotta be on them stairs, feeding your line. Right. It's not easy. But guess what? This job is not easy. It's a blue-collar thing. And this is what we're getting away from. People don't understand. This is hard work. You can take your master's degree, your doctorate. I I got my bachelor's. I hope to get my master's soon. Everybody should get an education. But you know what? At the end of the day, when there's a work and fire, your piece of paper don't mean a goddamn thing.
0: And awesome. firefighting is dangerous. Yeah, yeah that's... But... We're not delivering we're, ice. Well, that's exactly it, brother. Not, like, that's what I'm getting at <laughs> is that, you know, people, you know, they, they start to, you know, from what I've seen with our platform and the stuff we're putting out there, and it's like, it all comes back to common sense, but it also comes back to, yeah, you know what, yeah, oh, don't mount that there because you're going to cut your arm. Like, you know, we're men. Like, we're, 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 we're grown-ups here. Like, you know, firefighting's a dangerous business. You're going to come back from a fire. You're going to throw up. You're going to bleed. You're going to be bruised. You're going to be sore. like. It's just a fact of life. Like you signed up for this, and people, I think, are getting away from that like brass tacks type thing where, you know what, guys? If you're gonna go to fire, you're gonna get the shit kicked out of you. You know? I mean, it's it's kind of like
3: I, I think we're loo- it, I think we're losing that. It also used to be though that people used to do things for themselves, so they knew how to work a chainsaw and a lawnmower. Well, I agree. And all Can't this lie. stuff. Right. Where you get all these new recruits. Somebody's mowing their lawn, they've never mowed their lawn, they no, don't even know how abs- to lawn mower. Absolutely, works. a chainsaw, you got to explain absolutely. the whole thing, you know. <laughs> I mean, when I was nine, my grandfather was having me chainsaw in the backyard, right? They and tell them to something, they think you're
1: talking them. about but Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> what are you talking about?
0: <laughs> part, of, part of that, though, right, is like a lot of firefighting. Not only, you know, it's a dangerous job, yes, you also have to take initiative, right? Like, we work as a company but everybody individually has jobs to do and a lot of it's done on their own. And you have to instill confidence into these guys so that they're willing to take that initiative because nobody's gonna take initiative without being confident, right? It's Init- Right. And so instilling, like you can train, 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 but you have to make sure
2: they're confident in their skills. It, so, please to touch on that, it, you know, I, I taught Fire One for a lot of years and I, I you got know, to Fire Academy and you got instructors. And they're yelling at these kids like like it's like marine corps parasitic boot camp and not taking away from the marines they they put out a good product but i don't learn when you're yelling at me. right i don't so right. like to me if, if i have a new fireman in my company the best thing i can do for them is obviously number one the first thing i want to do is i want to beat them down from their academy training because their academy training is just black and white you know yeah. I, I, I want to break them down and I don't want to build them back up, but when I break them down, I might be a dick a little bit. But I want to build them back up with confidence because if I give you confidence in something, you're going to take over the world. Well, Agreed. Even even if you don't have experience in it, like you know, we just in our fire department we had an influx of probationary firefighters in the last year and a half, a lot of them, over thirty. And when I got my, uh, I got two probes assigned to me right away, and I sent them. An email, and I just said, like, this is the best job in the world. It's the most fun you're gonna have your clothes on, the whole nine yards. But, like, you gotta trust me. So think about it. You don't know me from Joe on the street, but you gotta trust me to guide you along this process of firefighting. But in that that process, on the first day, I'm gonna give you something to boost your confidence. Where if you don't trust me, maybe you're a little confident in what you're doing, and that maybe that is pull line and you know racking it, pull line and racking it, pull line and racking it, at least. You know what you're doing mm-hmm. it's a little things and it's a little things in, in training but guys get away from it so much so much that you know that, that they over engineer training they do all this stuff build your guys confidence one of my favorite drills in the entire world is putting my fireman's gloves on putting their face piece on blacking out their face piece and making them do things with it hose connections whatever it is on the apparatus floor if i make you do that How much more confident are you with your gloves on blacked out? Because we don't operate in vision. We operate in zero visibility. Absolutely. That's life. Uh I, I don't know what to tell you. And, you know, I don't make somebody do something I've never done before. It's something I do all the time. I mean, I'm in my office sometimes with my gloves on, my eyes closed, doing things. I'm that guy. I tie knots all the time. I'm a weird individual. I, you know, I don't bring, when I go to poop, I don't bring my phone with me. I have rope and books and I do weird things in the bathroom. Other than being on my phone. I get it. Yeah. So it, it's also I do like,
0: national fire radio. I mean, Sorry guys, most of your Instagram comes from in the bathroom.
3: <laughs> when, you know, when guys first put on air packs, if they haven't done any scuba diving or anything else, that's that's a real
2: problem for them, they feel like. Sure, claustrophobia yeah. is huge, especially and in Fire 1, you, yeah. you experience a lot. And listen, I don't like having that face piece. Right. I hate wearing it. But if
3: you take guys, let's say you're doing a clean up around the firehouse, have them wear it if you, if you have if you make your own air who cares yeah go it doesn't cost the you a thing right. and then to you go get through the used bottle. to wearing it and you also know how clumsy it is when you're trying to do stuff and you'll know when your air starting to run out and that feeling that you get and you're going to get that same feeling
2: even though it's not in a real fire all of a sudden you're going to have that like panic you go oh you know, the, the SCBA is the most used tool in the fire service, but it's the most underrated tool in the fire service because people don't train on it Not Yeah, they, they should we, we use we it We go over the time. rip pack a million times. Yep. Yeah. How about a regular SCBA? Like, who can put it on? Who can take it off? Who can slant? it? Who can go through? Yep. You know, whatever. I mean, and the, the, the crazy part to me about the fire service is like, we, we had a 30-minute cylinder, now we're going to a 45-minute cylinder is bigger. I, my mind's boggled by that. Make me bigger. Why won't you make me smaller in 2018? I don't want to be bigger. I want to be smaller. And, like, train on it. Learn, learn the
0: parts of it. It's good, right? Seriously, I mean what, what? I no, I listen, that like I had never heard it put that way before, you know, ah oh, forty five minute soldiers could gonna give us more work, but That's sweet. In this day and age.
2: That's great. Yeah. Why That's aren't you making me smaller? Make me smaller. You're making me bigger, with more entanglement hazards, hotter fires, all that stuff. Makes no sense. Whoever the president of the fire service is, we gotta vote him out. That's wild. <laughs> I like
0: that a lot. That's really good. That's really good. Yeah. So, anyway, so, let, so let's talk about a few other things. Um, I mean, I love where we've been. We're talking a lot of fire Maddox tonight, which we don't often get. So, yeah. I kind of just want to keep going with your career a little bit. Um, so, you've been on the job now how many years, Bob? I'm in my thirteenth year in Camden. Thirteenth year in Camden. Sixteen in the pension. Sixteen. Nice. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> That's good. What do you see? You know, Stick the c- city of Camden. For though we didn't hit on it before. I mean, we've talked about it's a, it's a tough city. Um, I know in years past, it's one of the highest crime-ridden cities yes. in the country. Yes. Not just New Jersey, but in the country, um, it's a tough town. But you said it's going through some revitalization. Yeah, they're
2: they're, they're trying to really revitalize the downtown district, and yeah, uh, you know, they knocked down a lot of vacant dwellings and uh, we've got a new mayor who seems to be progressive, and a lot of inter- like Subarus there, a lot of industries coming in, which is good. I mean. After being laid off, I don't care if I ever go to a fire again. I just want to have a job. Sure. You know what I mean? Of course. Unfortunately it's like that, but uh, Yeah, it, it, it's going through uh yeah, it's, it's it's very different from when I started. And you know, it's funny, I always uh, I'd always make fun of the older guys, like, ah I saw more fire in my day and you'll see and I'm not a guy now that the young guys but yeah, I saw more fire when I was a fireman. And, you know, it just yeah. it's like progression of the job. Do
0: you right? have old guys on the job? We don't. Um, yeah. So let's talk about that because we get that a lot from a lot of the career guys that have come through the doors here. They talk about the job now, and they say that they don't have the twenty twenty five year man. We have a few.
2: Or, um, I mean, Chris Christie definitely did a number on the job yeah. throughout the state. Uh, he shook a lot of guys out of the tree and they yeah. retired. And what does uh, that do to the job? It kills it. It kills it. Uh, experience is uh, experience goes down, and you know it's. I never thought I would be a two year captain with a lot of experience. And in, in my personal feeling, I still don't have a lot of experience. I'm still, you know, every day trying sure. to learn something, and, you know, it's just a personal thing, I guess. But, you know, you, um, it, it, it's weird. It's a, it's a weird feeling, you know, you had, when I got on, you had them 30-plus years guys on. Absolutely. I mean, this guy, Joe Cunningham, 30-plus years on, this guy just loved going to fires. He left the job in tears. He left the job in tears and did not want to leave because,
1: heartbreaking. but he had to go. Yeah, he, yeah. right. Yeah, he didn't have and, a choice. And for everybody that's out there listening and watching in, uh, a couple of years, well, a few years ago, the state of New Jersey pretty much forced. They, a, a lot of, they, they made a lot of changes to the pension and, and healthcare
2: system and uh, sick time and all the stuff. And it was, uh, you know, either go, or you
1: lose money. So you, you had to go. Yeah. Right? If, if, yeah. If you kept but, working past a certain cutoff, you, you were losing money. And, and do you think like with, with some of those senior guys leaving. Do you think that like kind of, because I know there's a lot of discussion nowadays on like fire science and fire flow and like we're going to hit it hard from the yard and that whole mantra. Asleep, yeah. and, and, and do you think that all had like that whole effect <laughs> on <laughs> 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 like why? Because I think like I, hey, I want to I, believe in the science but at the same time I'm like no like, I... Roger Dodger over and out who served over 30 plus years like never told me that was a thing to do.
2: I subscribe to science when it comes to like science, I'm not firefighting. I, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's uh, something that's experience based, and we do every day. So I don't know if that had something to do with it. I, I think a lot of guys with a lot of uh, more education than me got together and started started a campaign to do this stuff. And you know, I, I wholeheartedly disagree with them. And you know, I, I get in conversations with people, and that's fine. I I, I think transitional attack is a is a cowardly method. Mm-hmm. And I can say it here because we're in that forum where you are let me say what I want, but sure, you know, yeah. um, I don't know if there's, some, I don't care if there's somebody. I can't tell you how many people I've seen pulled out of burn, out of vacant burning buildings, mm-hmm. and how many times I've had people say there's nobody in there when there's somebody in there. Right. So I don't buy into that stuff. But for senior guys, the older guys, that old generation, the thirty-plus year guys. They would laugh at guys like that. Those aren't the guys that are going to the bar on Friday and having happy hour with these old guys. Are the guys that subscribe to something different. They're trying to change the fire service in a way that you know they make people they make these young guys scared of whatever yeah. it is. You know maybe, maybe they haven't made it always. I don't I don't know their experience or yeah anything. yeah. I, but like
0: I don't I hear all these things right. We talk about flow path transitional attack. Like we did all this before it had names. Right, like transitional attack is just if you got to knock it down from the inside, but then you're pushing in, like right. you know, in like fl-
1: like I don't, I don't know what the I, I think in the class so you had a video where you were like, hey, look at they take a shot at it, but then they're going well. They're yes. well you but, showed that Philly video, right? And it was which, which what and I saw. I remember mm-hmm.
0: seeing that See, before then, you showed it, right?
2: 25 in Philadelphia, they pulled up to. Uh, Two story end of a row. They yeah. Heavy fire in first going. It, it was extended second. Mm-hmm. Two minutes and 56 seconds, they knocked down two floors of fire.
0: With a single inch and three quarter you know, line
2: and then, Yeah. And, then, and, and they're, getting the, they're getting the door open. He gave it a couple shots with the window because right. he gave it right there and he went right in and knocked it down. If, if you're calling that transitional attack, I don't think that that's transitional attack. To me, transitional attack right. is, is hitting a so, window and then like a second floor window and then you're going to the front door. I don't know. I mean, is there anybody else? But my
0: thing thing is, it's like, it's common sense firefighting. We fight fires from the inside out, right? But we have to get inside. So if the fire inherently doesn't let us get in there, we have to knock it down so we can get in there, right? So, like, this whole, like, and this goes back to the V-I-S. Like, why are we making it? There's always been flow path. Flow path makes sense. Fires want to go to oxygen. Sure. Right? Fires don't burn any differently than they burned 50 years ago.
2: They just burn a little bit hotter, right? But they're that's still that's looking. They're that's still, that's still that's looking, that's looking for oxygen. A little more the fuel. Heat releases a lot faster yeah. than it did. Well, it's synthetic. Yeah. I mean, think about it. If I came here 50 years ago, I mean, this is probably you know. It's, it's, not, it's wood. not wood. It's not wood. Yeah. Right. Okay. It could be a wood table, <laughs> and they're solid wood. We're about that best yeah. yeah. You would have this way better beer setup. Exactly. But it's it's a fact. I mean, I go luxury places in a hall. It's plastic tables. It's not like that anymore. It used to wood
3: and horsehair furniture and your cabinets Yeah, but, yeah,
0: but talk about the
2: flow path of fire wants to go
0: to oxygen. If you take a window out at the end of the hall, the fire inherently is going to go to the window at the end of the hall. Why are we making... Like, common sense firefighting, street smart firefighting, already teaches you these things that now we're assigning definitions to. Right? It already, No? I, I don't know. I mean, you're rolling your eyes a little well, yeah, bit. yeah, i was I'm a just
1: picture in the Fire 1 book that if you took this window out, the fire was going to go to it. I, I just... Fire One
0: book. But why... Pathetic, like. <laughs> and this is part. Of, this is part of what drives me crazy. We talked about this before with VEIS. Like, why do we have to reinvent it with with cute names or definitions or make it more booked than it needs to be? Like firefighting again is a common sense job. Sure. Plain and simple. We got holes in the roof. Why? Because fire likes to spread upward. Heat rises. Smoke rises. That's why we got holes in the roof. Like, there's reasons for what we've done, tried and true for all these years. All these years.
2: So why do we gotta? Why why do we gotta mess with it? I think people want to make a name for themselves and come up with a new tactic, yeah. or you know, I, I think it has a lot to do with it. You know, it's yeah. I mean, I, 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 I wonder too. One, the number Go ahead, Bob. And I, and I said it before when we were talking earlier. The number one message I get through my Instagram is thank you for talking about these tactics, and I'm like, well. thank, thank me. I'm like, I this is this is firefighting so to me. I don't know, I don't know what firefighting is to you, but this is it, it to me. Like, you know, and I've had people say like. You know, my chief won't bring you in for a lecture because, uh, you know, it's too aggressive. And I'm thinking, listen, too aggressive? I don't, what am I doing? You, you go in and put the fire out. It, it's, it's. Yeah, I, I, I get it. Like, the faster the fire goes out, the faster your problems it's go all away. All right.
1: mm-hmm.
2: And I don't, any fire I've ever been to in my entire life, from 14 to now, when we're putting hose lines on the outside, pushing, you know, we're hitting it from the outside. Fire gets weird. We're there longer. Canteens are there. Any fire I've ever been to is push. I, I have a video, one video, and one of my slides. I, I like talking about because I'm a Flyers fan. I'm in North Jersey. And I'm talking about the Flyers all day long. I can't stand the Islanders, Rangers, whatever you guys like. Devils, you know. I'm a Flyers fan. <laughs> but these
0: Southern Jersey guys, yeah. man, they're all Philly fans yeah. and
1: like Broad Street Bullies, bro. Come on, shut up.
2: But like. Yeah, we might ask you to leave in a moment, I'm going to be honest, go ahead. You know, the, the funny story about the... And yeah, your followers are going to go out too, buddy. I <laughs> don't know if you're looking they they already know you. it about me. Like, yeah, like yeah, A lot know. of our Pegasus fans hate like, me, hey, yeah. whatever. But, you know, wh- one of the one of the cool things about the video is I was working that day, and it was like the first period of the Flyers game, like ten minutes into it. And we went to the fire and it was wrapping the porches, and I was back to see the third period. Yeah. Like I was back to see the third yeah. period of the fire. Mm-hmm. It was that crazy because we went inside and put it out. It's not that. It's not that difficult. It's not. I, difficult. I agree. I think people over-engineer. I think people are trying to take all the educations our parents spent a lot of money on and trying to reinvent something new. And here we are. I don't know. You know, vis flow pass. I've, Transition. I think a lot of it
0: has to do with also that thirty-year guy that's not in the seat anymore and not there. That's putting his foot up the, the ten-year guy we were, putting I, his foot up his ass I, I, I and saying, "Get in there, let's I get out of here." I had a
2: conversation about this earlier. Uh, my buddy Mike Greco from Hackensack. We were talking about like you know twenty-four-hour shifts. Like a lot of people train, you know, they go to the job because they have one on, three off, and they can have another career. Like sure. they're not they're, they're not there. there for the fire department. They're there for something else. Yeah, their B job is actually their primary. Yeah. yeah, and you get that and you deal with it and you got a bad attitude and, you know.
1: Yeah, that's tough. And I, I think that's, I mean, you know, I can't... Hey everybody, it's Rob from National Fire Radio. Nature called, we had to take a pee break. It's gonna happen. But we're back, Bobby Eckert in the studio, and we're gonna just pick right up on the conversation where we left off. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, Rob and I
0: alluded to it earlier that we sat in on one of your lectures uh, several months ago and we were taken back by... Um, Just the forwardness of it and the street smart firefighting and street smart tactics and common sense firefighting. Um, And you alluded to something that night when we sat in the training with you about an injury that uh, played a real big part in who you are today. And and it it didn't happen that long ago and I think it greatly impacted you. And I would just love, you didn't share the story that night and I felt that it was um, quite emotional. And uh, you know, off camera, we asked Bobby if, if we could talk about it. And I want to talk about it, and, and he
2: is more than happy to open up yeah, about it. But tell us what happened. So, uh, well, for, it was. Uh, yeah, please. It was uh, January thirty first. It was uh, I worked thirtieth and thirty first, and it was actually a career day at uh, my kid's school. So I was due for career day, and uh, I woke up. We had uh, roll calls at seven a.m. We they put a six o'clock beep beep out to wake up. It was about a five fifty morning fire. Uh, at Kramer Hill section, uh, engine nine was browned out. So I was the second new engine going out there and it uh, didn't sound like much a radio going out there and it actually wasn't that much of a fire. It was a, it was a kitchen fire and because of uh, some issues there I had to lay some line on the street to pick up the water supply and I didn't even cross the threshold. I had no fun at the fire. It was not a lot of fun at all. I didn't do anything but I, I had to pee so bad. I remember that. I had to pee. It was like, you wake up, you gotta pee. I didn't pee. I run. The run was a full assignment. So, <clears throat> I was, uh, it was cold, very cold, it was January, obviously. And uh, I was picking up hose, and I had a helmet on, which, I think how many times you've picked up hose without your helmet on. Yeah. I've probably done it my entire career. Mm-hmm. might be like the second time I had my helmet on. And I had a piece of, uh, we used four inch uh, rubber jacketed supply line, and I had it over my shoulder to the right to the top of my ass. And for whatever, for whatever reason uh hydrant got charged. It was a 200 foot to a hydrant on a 30 inch main. And Ooh. it just came up and got me in the back of my head. Uh, I remember I don't remember the pain of the impact. I remember the feeling of the impact. Uh, I collect fire helmets. So I love fire helmets. I remember watching my fire helmet go that way. And, uh, I remember my body going this way, and witnesses say I hit my temple on the corner of the rig, like where the radio is on the pump panel. Yeah. Hit my head there, and I got up and I radioed, shut the higher down. down. Um, I sound. I've heard the audio, and you know you can tell I'm messed up. I don't remember. I don't remember anything. I don't remember really anything at the impact. Um, I woke up on the front bumper of the rig, and my eyes were closed, and there was just a lot of pain. And I opened my eyes, and I couldn't see anything. I had a lot of good friends working uh, that day there with me. Uh, Brian Beach, Gabe and Jeremy, uh, Gabe's our best friends. And I just said, Gabe, I can't see, I can't see. And you know, EMS was alerted. And they did their, you know, whole nine yards. You know, I got the collar, and the whole thing. Sure. Uh, went to Cooper Trauma. And the funny thing about it, so if you know my mom, my mom is a very boisterous uh, person. The deputy chief called my parents' house. My mom answered. He hung up because he missed my mom. <laughs> he wanted my he wanted my dad to answer. Tell my right. mom. Yeah, and uh, Gabe notified my wife. Uh, and you know, they came. My mom was actually surprisingly calm. You know, they they, they trauma naked you. Some laying there naked, and uh, they gave me drugs, and I was on. You know, I had no idea what was going on. You know, I'm still blind. You were conscious, though. Yeah, I was conscious. I wasn't blind. Where it was black. It was just blurry. And that lasted. Most of the 24 hours, uh, you know, it took probably a day and a half for my eyes to get back to normal. But I was in hospital for 14 days total, oh. and uh, I went to, it was an eight days in Cooper Hospital in Camden, and I went to McGee Rehab in Philadelphia, the city of Camden actually, they afforded me such an opportunity of great health care, and well. oh, great. I, went to, um, I went to McGee Rehab, I was there four, pa- four days inpatient, and I was in their outpatient program for about two months. Uh, rehab and trying to get back to the job you know I love so much it was uh it was a lot my wife was, my wife was seven months pregnant at the time so that was uh that was interesting Oof. yeah and uh but i 'll tell you what uh, she she 's the toughest person I know she handled like a champ she she really did she was she was a rock and uh it was a lot it was you know uh the first day I was so high on drugs and air, you know it was I had forty people in my you know the fire department somebody's hurt all the guys were up there, sure you know it was it was a lot, and uh you know you learn who your friends are and anybody supported me there, you know they know who they are, and I love them and it was it was a lot but it, it it's it speaks to something where you can do everything right in this job and still get get knocked down sure. I, I wasn't doing anything that anybody hasn't done before, right yeah, it was just you know something happened, and i got i was on the receiving end of it and uh what was the official termination? You know, the official description. What did you, I mean? Obviously, concussion so fracture. Yeah, skull, I, mean, I I I had a major concussion. I mean, on what doctor you talk to, how they classify. But I, I took all. I took the hit in where my optic nerves were at. And my brain slammed against the uh, front lobe of my head. Wow. Uh, so I, you know, I, I still have some problems. with My right eye. It's it's weird. Like I wake up and my right eye has to focus. But it was funny. I was in um. And I, this is gonna pain me to say on any venue where it's going to be recorded, but I read Sidney Crosby's concussion report that cowardly hockey player <laughs> that <he did. laughs> uh, oh, that's, that's amazing. fan, I'm, uh, I'm that, that
0: takes a big man to admit yeah. right there, huh? Yeah. He, said, uh, s-
2: s- he said, in his first Flyers, oh, he said, just he just lost a, a, a expert. Yeah. <laughs> right. <Padding. laughs> they know I hate him anyway. But it was setback after setback or setback. I wasn't I couldn't walk, I couldn't do anything. And I, I read the concussion report and it said, Get off the drugs. Like he got off the drugs and he was, he was making strides. And I quit drugs cold turkey they they really give you a lot of yeah, drugs to find. And uh, you know, I was getting blue and extra my stomach my stomach was all bruised. And uh, I quit them drugs and within twenty four hours I was walking. And I couldn't walk for eight days prior to going to McGee hospital. I quit the drugs, Cole Turk and I got the McGee uh, against the doctors and, boys, and not want me to do it. Like I said, drugs. I was like, I'm, I'm not doing them. And yeah. then, um, I had to sign a paper because I am on work comp, obviously. And I quit them and I was walking. I was walking. So... So for eight days, I mean, you were bedridden, right? I was. It Blurry was. Blurry vision. It was. my pregnant wife... Can't walk. I mean, it's, you know, it, it funny story is, my wife was by my side 90% of the time. And, you know, uh, her daughter, my kids. We have two different custody schedules. She obviously had responsibilities to, to So, the one time she wasn't with me, I'm in my bed and I'm like, looking out the window, I'm like, "Damn it, my house is on fire right there!" No shit. Dude. So, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm trying to reach my cell phone that is over there to call the, to call the deputy chief to let them know. Like, like I don't want to call the board. I want to give like the first two company like, yeah, give my heads like, oh, up. Yeah, you, you got know. a job. It's and uh, I can't reach my phone, so I try to get up and I go down, man. And the nurse come in there yelling at me. I'm like right there it was ripping it was ripping and um yeah it's unbelievable that that is unbelievable <laughs> yeah. what then, a then, story then i fell in the bed ba- i fell in the bathroom and uh yeah a couple setbacks but yeah I, I couldn't walk i i couldn't uh i couldn't process things uh I, mean, I don't know it was uh did
0: you um you know just talking about that i mean you know we're talking about a job and a career that you love and to be laid up like that
2: right i mean scared that's of really yeah it was, it was uh to be honest with you, I didn't think about the job. I thought about my family. I sure. thought about the baby that was coming. and I'm like, oh, my God, I can't even, like, i got to be honest with you. Anybody that is blind, my heart goes out to you because me not being able to see scared the living shit out of me to the point where everything I was doing from putting water in my eyes to rubbing them, nothing was changing the blindness and it scared the shit of me. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, it, you know, I thought, I mean, I had, I had two doctors come in and say, you're never going to work, again." Like, it, you're not going to be a fireman again. Like, if you take a hit to the head, you get a seizure. And that's what they were really worried about the seizure. But, you know, I couldn't drive. Yeah. You know, coming back, like, you know, I get out of the hospital, I get discharged, I couldn't drive. And I had a driver take me to rehab every day. And um, I couldn't find a driving, you got to go to driving rehab. So, like, if you, you got to go drive with an instructor, make sure you can drive with all the mm. bells and whistles in the car. Yeah. That's a thing? It is. My dad did that. After. I'll tell you what, we should we should, we should open drive and rehab and pour it in Corner the Market because the one in Philly, is backlog like 3 months to get on the list and then like is this medically required or
0: like yes. is the
1: state required no, for medically, medically required for you to huh. go to drive so if you have any brain injuries? yeah hey everybody Jeremy from hey guys rehab. driving
0: rehab yeah hey guys it's Jeremy from drivers rehab we, we could do a we gonna be cash opening cab up a, when we do it when kill, <laughs> kill it
1: yeah so, <laughs> that's wild i'm from sponsors they're wild.
2: telling me like dates like to september of this year and i'm like <sighs> nah like i got to drive like we're having this baby we got sure, kids. Right. I got to drive. So, City Cam, and again, graciously said. I talked to the, uh, you know, the people who do work. You know, all, all the uh, injuries, and they're like, you know, you, if you find a place, we'll take you. We'll pay for it. But we're just not going to pay for transportation. Okay, that's fine. So, I find a place in Hershey, PA, and I call my great friends from the Harrisburg Fire Department: Jason Wood, Collin Bird, Nick Lindsay. And uh, I call them up. and I say, listen, I'm coming. Uh, I'm coming to Her- or Hershey for driving rehab they like, what the hell is that? Yeah. So, you know, I, I explained to them, and there's a fucking Nor'easter coming on the heel of me going to this drive rehab. Like, my wife drives on 33 Station. I'm getting on this train, and I get on the train, I go, and I get to the Lancaster stop, and they're like, um, yeah, it's, it's snowing so bad. We're, we're doing a snow schedule, and I get a phone call, and I'm at Lancaster. Like, they're they're shutting down drive rehab. Like, no, no, no happen. I'm like, yeah. I'm on the way, yeah. And I talked to the guy, he's, he's like, If you're here at 6 a.m., I'll drive, I don't care what the conditions are. So I pull up to Harrisburg, I got a ladder two in Harrisburg, the hook and ladder. Them guys met me, drove me to their firehouse, put me up for the night. And uh, my friend Kyle Burton, he uh drove me to rehab that day, and uh, in the snow, yeah, I had to drive rehab, but you know, just the brotherhood again, of course, I mean, that goes through. Deeply, then, then I hung out the Allison Firehouse all day, which is like you know going to have them anyway. So I'm sure. Yeah, I'm so, sure. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was. It was a very interesting experience. I, I learned who my friends were. I learned who my friends weren't were. Uh, you know, it's from from the
0: injury to get back to like I'm sure there was progression throughout, right? So yeah. you know, injury, you get out of the hospital. Now you have a considerable rehabilitation. I'm sure.
2: Yeah, it was it was a lot. I mean, they they had me doing like a lot. So I, they were, I, w- I felt like I was their guinea pig. I, they, they did like a lot of high impact stuff for me. Like I took my turnout gear there, and they I was on the treadmill. I was doing like weird all kinds of weird shit with my turnout gear on, and down. Yeah. because they're they're and the gear rehab. They're used to seeing people that can't use a lot of their. If you ever have a chance to go there, you want to humble yourself about people's rehabilitation in life, like their strokes and things of yeah. like nature. Yeah. You know, I was with. Uh, you know, a few people that had some serious injuries at work, and they, you know, they lost, you know, half their body, and you know, they could only use, you know, it was it was very humbling, but you know, they I had a lot of high impact, intensity training to get back, you know, and it was, it Were was you, frustrating and good at the same time.
0: But you had incredible goals. I mean, you had a beautiful wife, family, child on the way. I
2: had, I had to get back to the job. You I want to get back had to, had the to, the job? to the job? Yeah. Right. Exactly. But it's funny, I had. <laughs> I had old retired guys. I'd never even met their name. I don't even know them. I don't yeah. even know their names. They're calling me. You better patch it out, kid. Take this gift. Like they're yelling at me on the phone. I'm like, Jesus Christ! I don't even know who this guy is. Yeah, right, 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 right. right. Like, This done.
1: is your golden banana. Yeah, like
2: now nah, I'm I'm good. I I want to do my thirty years.
1: Yeah. I got an attorney. He's gonna tell you. Yeah. This is a long so from day. from, like, from injury
0: to back in line, back on the line. Wow. How what, what time
2: frame was that? It was uh, three months. Wow, that's yeah. not bad. It wasn't, and uh, you know. No, <laughs> I for don't want happened, to do it. No. no, but for what happened to him, yeah, you, yeah, I don't. know. Yeah, it's hard. Borderline TBI. Yeah, to it could go have back been. It, it could have been longer. I pushed it. You know, it, it, it was time. I was starting to get nutty at home. You can not my wife. We were tired of seeing each other. I'm sure. And uh, you know, it, 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 it was. It was a lot for me. I wasn't walking back into the firehouse for the first time after that. I cried. Yeah. I cried going to the parking lot. Yeah, I did. Uh, I'm an emotional guy. I get it. it, it I get was, it. Uh, You know, I've already lost that job once, and you know, losing again because of injury and walking back in there. And to be honest, we had the support from the men and women of the Canton Fire Department. It made me even more happy to be a Canton Fireman. You know, it was, it was, it was, it was good. And you know, I'm in a better place today. I still, you know, my right eye is whatever. And you know, again, reading, I don't want to say his name. That pittsburgh hockey players i don't want to say that that guy yeah Yeah. the guy reading his report um you know it takes time and
1: everything there's no two concussions are seen and whatever so here i am and And it just was crazy in the class because i like you know i said you had that picture of you up and you're just like hey well i put the one of me naked up there yeah i I I blocked out my my goods and Mm -hmm. you know it's it's for laughter you know Laugh at my, I, I, I But it was still that, like there was that laughter. But you were still like, "Hey, this can happen." It can happen right here in front of you, and I'm telling you by pointing at this you screen. You can do this everything. be Yeah, like, you know, and
2: it was a freak act, you know, accident, injury, whatever you want to call it. But uh, yeah, I, I never, I was like maybe like break my arm or something at work. I never thought I would have like a head injury, and like it was like in, and nobody knows. It was it was a lot of frustration. Like people are like. You know, we got to see what happens. Like, Jesus Christ, give me something here. Yeah, something concrete so you yeah. can make a plan. But the, I, I will say the city of Camden, they were outstanding with my treatment. I, I can't thank them enough for everything they've done for me. Awesome. Awesome. And then the brotherhood, too. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I never
0: I never was alone. Um, Harrisburg is a common theme that runs through this room. Sure. Uh, Deputy Chief Kalman, his son, uh, works, Chris, there. Yeah. works there. Um, and I just uh, uh, Tucker that was here from first to fabrication and fire and safety. He's got some nice connections there and, and friends there, and it it just seems that I know Harrisburg is a fire city, and they they do a lot of tradition,
2: lot of tradition, yeah.
0: And that's what I was getting at is their tradition and culture there and love for the job just stands out every time you talk about Harrisburg. It's, you talk about how talented and gifted those. Firemen are, and firefighters are, and, and the and the pride that they have. And I just, we hope to get out there and you know and do something there one day with them. And uh, but you know, I mean, how cool? They pick you up, they take care of you. It was uh,
2: it was funny. I remember, I uh, I got off the train and Kyle <laughs> had a sign that I money. Mean, it was just fun, you know. And he's, yeah, he's right. one of my best friends. It's, it's, it was good. You know, it just that's how they are out there. Yep. You know, they would never not let me go out there and not stay with them. And that's yeah. just. Know, if I did, if I if I was out there and didn't let them know that, they'd be pissed off at me. Sure, so, you know. It's sure, and awesome. that's the that's the side too that like I hope people are still
0: subscribing to in this yeah. business because I think a lot of that's getting lost, and I think a lot of the culture and unconditional love and support for another brother or
2: so on is starting to get lost in this well, job. Well, so two stories. You know, I was in McGee rehab, and, and the Eagles won the Super Bowl, and the city was locked down. My wife couldn't get over see me, and uh, Philadelphia. The tour commander and, and the battalion chief in that local downtown camp i had no idea who they were they came up and saw me and shook my hand i don't even know their name yeah. to this day they that's came up incredible. and shook my hand it was it was unbelievable and that like they did have to do that right you know i was that's
0: incredible and, and it's stories like that that kind of just reaffirms the whole brotherhood you know the, <laughs> yeah. Like, the fraternity yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah yes that's wild yeah what a story
2: yeah it's you know but i'm you know I'm. I'm, I'm
0: and that was this this year it was January 31st yeah so wow. 2018 so I mean we're only talking a few months ago it's not uh, yeah what so is that what has that done to you on the line has it changed you at all has it
2: uh, no no I, I okay. uh, back at it yeah I just wanted to, I, it's, it's what I wanted to do it, it was getting that first fire which I was because there was a I went back uh, we had a, a a vacant structure where I, I went through with my rehab team and I went through a maze and started feeling my symptoms, and I kind of panicked, and I never panicked, in any type of, you know, entanglement thing, and I panicked, and I never a mask off, it was, it was, to me, like, getting shot in the neck, I, I was embarrassed, I went home, I, you know, asked my wife, I was emotional, Yeah. and I was like, what the, f-, you know, like, yeah. this, this isn't me, and, you know, going back, I had to get that first fire, and I got and it, it was, like, kind of sad, yeah, it was, it, was, yeah. It, it, it was where I needed to be, Awesome. it was good. And, you know, it's, you just got to, if you're ever in that situation, just slow down. Because I I wasn't slowing down. I'm, like, telling people, like, I'll be back in a month. And they're, like, you know, it's not happening. Like, I was setting goals that weren't achievable. Like, set achievable goals. Like, I'm going to walk first. I'm going to do this first. And, you know. Yeah. But, again, my my wife, she's a, f- I wouldn't mess with her but
0: My woman, my, my woman, my wife, <laughs> my, is, my, wife. my woman.
1: My, well, my <laughs> yeah, wife that's is stronger, right, strug- <laughs> than me. At
0: times, ten. I mean, it's uh, they they make us tick. So yeah. I can appreciate that and understand that, and thank you for sharing. That's, that. Yeah. you know, yeah.
2: if anybody, you know, it, again, it's. I
0: mean, I, that's a career changer, game changer, yeah, life it, it, changer. It definitely
2: changed my career and outlook on things and yeah.
1: life, and I'll never be the same. Yeah. So. Yeah. But oh
2: well.
1: I think one thing, like when we were in the class and you were like, "Hey, this is like," you gave us a free out of what happened. I remember a guy in Poughkeepsie was doing hose testing, and a coupling went loose and kind of rocked him. And I was like, "Wow, like that could have been him!" Like, like, and it could have been so much worse. So it's yeah. just like if I didn't have my helmet on, they said I would have died instantly. So, so. Uh, think you, about that. Do you have your helmet still? Like, is there
2: damage to your helmet? I better not. Yeah, be. would. Yeah. If I if it was damaged, I would send it right off Restoration in New Haven, Connecticut, for repair. So let's talk about that real quick because yeah. that's a buddy of yours, yeah. and yeah. he's a he's a big Instagram guy. Yeah, Pete Callen uh, runs Ragtop uh, Industries, and uh, he does any and all of your helmet repair needs to a point where he takes your helmet like it's his own, and does his shop is amazing. He you know puts the heart and soul into Firefighter? it. Firefighter. Yes. He's, Out of on, he's, on, he's on he's on New Haven. New Haven, Connecticut, yeah. right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And uh, he uh, he's one of my best friends, and. It's funny. I keep saying my best friends because he's got, I mean, it's, it's a star gear running, and, uh, he's a great guy, he does great things up there, if you ever get a chance to go to a shop, which I hope you guys do one day. I would, we'll he, go in uh, a heartbeat, we
0: get the invite, we'll be there he, tomorrow. Yeah,
2: uh, you know, he, uh, it's, it's really cool to see him do, he just does the extra touch to everything, he treats it like it's his helmet, and to the point where, you know, even if you didn't send it out for this reason, he's going to fix it anyway. And he, yeah. It's just, every product puts out, and, uh, yeah, Pete,
0: Pete. does the right thing. So, and that guys, just for a heads up, that's Ragtop Industries on Instagram. Uh, just look that up real quick. We're already following him. He follows us. Um, I love it. I mean, I love this community. I love having you here um, because we're it, the same names keep coming up, right? It's yeah, like yeah. the guys that are doing it right. And we've talked about this, right? We talked well, about we're it on off camera. yeah. Yeah, and I, I, it's so important in this business to just be stand up, authentic, be yourselves. And love the job. Speaking of gentlemen, think, you, know, it, yeah. it's,
2: you know, it's people try to stab each other on the back, and it's, it's not about that. Just, like you said, we talked before, stay in your lane, yep. doing your thing, yep. and, you know, Pete's firehounds. And, you know, he sells fast boards too, if you're trying to plug that. But, you know, he, he does his thing, stay in your lane.
1: Yeah. What was it?
2: Fa- the fast board. Okay. Yeah. I'm, well, not much, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to plug it, I just sell right, it, I don't know.
1: We'll have to go out and see I'm Sorry, so it. we're gonna have sorry, to. Dio. So,
0: I'm sorry, P. I'm sorry it's Pete. Right? Dio. Pete, I'm sorry. Pete, send us an invite. We'll be up there anytime, yeah. brother. But um, anyway, I mean, what a fantastic night. pal. Well, yeah. I mean, this was this was it's really crazy. good. Okay. Is there anything that you want to hit on?
1: Is there anything that we missed? I mean, I. So just... What's your pet peeve? That's what I want to know. There's got. Wow, that's good. Yeah. yeah. I like how every now and then I come out with question and look at I'm like I'm like, I'm like, I'm like the Katie Cori. Can you be
2: more specific of pet
1: peeve than what? In the fire firefighting. Fire and, and like, <laughs> and like all right, here, no, no, I'll I'll, 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 roll it in. Like, as, a, as a company officer, what's your pet peeve? Uh,
2: my, as a company officer, I would say my pet peeve is people not taking the job as serious as it is. Okay. Um, you know, they come in and it's, they think it's something, and they're taught something, and it's, it, it's so much serious. So much more serious than what it is and i see it a lot you know to a lot of people's job and nobody you know you can get cliche about death and all that and injury but it does happen and mm-hmm. you know you've you got to be squared away I, I i the job as a company officer is so serious i don't think people realize how serious it is and i think everybody is such in a race to get to that spot that they don't understand the the fathom responsibility of sitting in that right front seat i mean you have you are in a position where you have to sacrifice for the people around you. You do, like that's your job. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, and not again, not to sound cliche, but like that's my job. It's not cliche, cliche at all. I, I, that's no. legit. I, I have three human beings in my rig where I might have to put myself in a position mm-hmm. where you know what? I gotta put my I gotta put myself in danger to get you guys home. Right. And wh- whatever that is, and, and that and that danger cannot be on the fire. whatever danger could be on a vehicle accident. Like yeah. when I go on the highway. I leave my guys in a rig. Don't get out. These people drive like friggin' idiots. I always think of the 18-year-old girl. She's not looking at the goddamn roadway, She's looking at her cell phone. She's going to slap the side of her rig and kill all of us. No way. Stay in a rig, I'll get hit by the car. You guys stay here. I don't want to do the paperwork if you get hit by the car anyway.
1: You know, that's <laughs> the truth. But, yeah.
2: No, seriously, like, you know, and, and and it works, you know, in a way of danger of, you know, uh, chain of command, fire administration, they're coming down on you. like. No, that you come down on me, I'll come down on my men. Like yeah. I take the hit. Yeah. I take the hit. And a lot of you know, if you're gonna be a company officer, you've got to be ready to sacrifice for not only yourself, but your men. Like, I remember when I got promoted, and my father, we wear like the light blue Muffin shirts, which I can't stand I wish we wore dark blue and I was listening frustration.
1: <laughs> but somebody just asked crooked letters. Maybe they are crooked, I don't know. But if
2: you're going to be a company officer. You better be ready to not wear that badge for yourself. It is not for you. Like I got my badge in my wallet over here, and it's awesome for when I get pulled over or I try to get twenty dollars off the news. My wife makes twenty for having the badge in my wallet, but it's not for me. It's for the men. It is for the men. Enjoy your promotional ceremony. Mm-hmm. Raise your right hand. Go get drunk that night. You earn it. It's not for you. It's for the men. And that's who I wear my, you know, my orange for for the men. Like I'll do anything for my guys, anything, anything. And to the point where, if there's an, an order that I think is poorly written, and they want me to write a guy out, and it's between me and him getting write up, I'll take the write up because it's your poor management style. I mean, you know, you, you, you got to sacrifice. Yeah. You, you got to be ready to sacrifice. And if you don't want to do that, or don't think you can handle that, or you're doing it for yourself, and you're doing it to have, be, you know. Facebook Fire Department. I hope it's still the norm, Bobby. It's not. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's it's the, not. And, you know, the first time I ever rode the right front seat of a fire truck on a fire call was when I got promoted to the Fire Department. I never rode it on a fire call. I rode it, like, taking rates here and there. I never rode that right front seat in any other aspect of my life. And I remember going there, and that guy's telling me, like, you know, you nervous and all that stuff. I was. I was very nervous, but I was not nervous or anything fire wise. I worked at squad seven for five years. But, you know, it's the busiest unit in the city. Like, I felt pretty confident fire wise. I was a little nervous. I would make maybe the wrong decision or get a little too excited. I don't know. But you know, my dad really pumped me up for that first tour to the point where you know these men, whoever they are, where I don't care who they are. I got to put them first. And right. you know, if you don't shame on you and if you want to put yourself first and your agenda first and your ego first go be a cop go be a cop because their
1: haircuts you can go get one and look just like them i think one of the things that i got
3: <laughs>
0: it's,
1: it's awesome one, a, one of the things that you know when you're you're going about it's said that eve about the company officer it was from your class it's all about credibility this is what you said you, you said about the company officer it's all about credibility you're no longer a worker and you touched on that, it was something that I actually struck me, and I actually started The hardest to thing
2: I ever did, so I'll tell you, my first fire was a captain.
1: Yeah. We had a fire, and um, it was on Chestnut Street, and we had an engine browned out, and a
2: people trapped on the second floor, and I'm going to the second floor as hard as I could, and I had people stop me. I, I had the ladder guys stop me, and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm going to the second floor. And they're like, no, you're the captain. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm the captain. You're right. I'm not going to the second floor. I'm staying right
1: here because you're the fireman and I'm the supervisor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're no longer at work. Your, your other one was leave from the front. Always. Uh, know that you have zero limitation. Done. And, and that that was like, for me, because I'm like sometimes I feel like I'm boxed into a corner about like, hey, you can do this, you can do that. Don't do this, don't do that, like ask permission. And I was like, all right, cool. like Bobby Eckert said it was all right to do this, so I'm always. gonna go out and do it. <laughs> yeah, always. Uh, take care of the men, they will make or break you. Don't depend on anyone. Make your company self-sufficient. No rules can be bent and how to bend them. I uh, I have a pinship with that one. Don't assign a task that you've never completed, and that was a huge one because you you hit on that. Like that was one of your point on. You're like, if you're if you're gonna tell somebody to do something that you've never done, you're an asshole. It's truth, and uh, again, it goes back
2: to my father as a child. Like if, if I tell you to do something I've never done it before, I'm an asshole to tell you to do it. And it's one of the things where. I had a lot of good company officers uh, in my career. I I, did, I I don't think I I really don't think I worked for a bad one assigned. I, I don't think I was ever assigned a, a bad uh, captain. Actually, the, my first captain, I relieved him in the morning, and he's uh, he's retiring at the end of the year, which is actually kind of cool. And you know he's a good dude. You know he he knows the city like the back of his hand. And you know from every boss you can take away something. And I'm not the end all be all. I'm sure I have. A lot of negative traits in the in the firehouse, you know. Sometimes I just want to be left alone, you know, things like that. But you know, when when the bell goes off and you got to run for whatever it is, you got to take the run serious. Whether it's a gas leak, a seal run, or a house fire, people trapped, you're entering somebody's life where they called nine, they felt the need to pick up the phone and dial nine one one. I've never dialed nine one in my entire life. I have no idea what it's like to do so. So I can't imagine, but. They felt the new day. if you don't go in there and treat those people with compassion, you're the you're you're the voice. You're you're the person they're going to meet. You're the company yep. officer. Yep. So whether your career or volunteer it doesn't matter. And you know I go places and teach, and people are like, well, you're a career fireman. You can do this and this and this. I laugh at you because you're a volunteer fireman and have access to your equipment 24/7. I have access to my equipment two days a week, two 24-hour shifts a week. That's when I have access to my equipment. You can go to your firehouse mm-hmm. on a Sunday night and. Rack line, pull line, do whatever you want. You can text guys, meet me up here, whatever. I don't want to hear your excuses. Just go ahead and put it. Seriously. No, it, yeah. you're right. You're absolutely right. 100. percent it, 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 and it, it, it's sad that people have this career volunteer thing too. I mean, it, it, it it breaks my heart. It does when I go out there and teach like I'm like, I don't want. To, I really don't want to hear it. I really don't. And you know, I, I've been all over teaching, and you know, some people get it, some people don't. Yeah. You know, but you know, as a company officer you either get it or you don't. And yeah, you know Everybody everybody listening, everybody sitting here, knows people who should not be a fire officer. Knows people who shouldn't be a fire chief. And the main reason you, you they're not good at their jobs is because they don't want to take care of the people in front of them. They want
1: to take care of themselves. Which rolls straight into the next thing of, uh, of you and I. You're the Corrado. Right. Yes. Yeah, yes. sorry, I'm not, I'm not. I never went to journalism school or nothing. Uh, but micromanaging is a sign of weakness. It is. And you bend the role for your men. And, and, and I, I worked under a micromanager before, and I like, when you said that, I was like, holy crap, that was a really horrible time in my life, and I hated going to work.
2: Well, it, it is, if, I, if I ask you to take the trash out, and I walk with you while you're taking the trash yeah. out, you're going to feel a certain way. But if I tell you to take the trash out, and I don't follow you, you're probably going like, to enjoy doing it. I don't know. Like, my, my son Bobby is going to be nine. His job is trash. He takes, he takes the trash out. I never follow him outside. I don't know. That's I know the trash gets there because it's there when I go to put it out on the curb. But, you know, I don't know what he does. He could meet a girl out there. I don't know, you know. It, it's, right. it, it, it's management is just a sign of insecurity and weakness. Agreed. And, 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 and it's, it goes back to you not knowing or doing a job you've ever done yourself. So, if I asked you to, I need you to take a line to the exposure, and we've got a balloon frame, and it, it, it's running, it's going laterally, I need you to hook them or whatever, and I'm gonna micromanage you doing it. That means I don't have confidence in myself doing that task myself, that makes sense. I said myself. No, I get it. it I, yeah, I get it
0: completely. I get it completely, and especially in a managerial style, when you micromanage others, you're right. It's because one, the manager himself isn't confident in it, or two, he didn't instill the correct values and knowledge 100%. into the And, and, and it isn't in the
2: fire service. This isn't
0: life, yes. life. This isn't life. Like Absolutely. You, you
2: treat people they want to be treated. Right. You know, don't don't break balls. Right. You know, it, it's, but, but for the limitations thing, and I say that in almost every class I teach for a company officer, you've got to have zero limitations. Even if you have limitations, even if you've never been to a basement fire, you've never been to a high rise fire, you've never been to a fire people trap, whatever. Don't let your men know that you have a limitation to this. You gotta be hard you know, you gotta be a stone wall and a hard man. Because when you show a sign of weakness, when you're crazy, when you're freaking out, everybody else behind you is gonna be that way. If you're cool, calm, collective, like a cucumber, everybody else is gonna be that like yeah, way. same way with talking on the radio, you can
3: tell. I hate I'm talking on the radio. I hate it. I can't but stand if it. If you stay calm, Everybody else
1: stays calm coming to the scene, no right? matter right, how bad it is. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you there move. is a great video out there a couple of weeks ago that I watched from a, it. Was a, it was a law enforcement video, but it, it's going to tie in. It was a shooting that happened at a gas station in a minivan. The guy pulled a gun on the cops. He got a couple shots off. They shot him. So they got the ballistic
2: Look,
1: like right? Yeah, I keep self-defense stuff. So it was a gun. But like the thing that I got out of it was this senior sergeant. You could tell he was a senior man because the one guy, like it was his body camera. And he fired off a couple of shots and he's still amped up. He's still hundred and twenty miles an hour. And like they're moving the shield and he's just this guy was calm as a This is the sergeant number. that got shot and then led them going back to the van. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's like, No, no, calm yeah. down. He, he got We're shot gonna a move times to in, the, in the body right body armor. And and he and was then just and back. he's guiding them through and he was like and it was such a great leadership moment because mm-hmm. I mean if you're getting shot at, you're getting shot at. That's life or death. And he's just sitting there like, Nope, calm down. Keep your gun pointed that way, and look. And we're going to move in, and we're going to be professionals because that's what we are. I
2: mean, everybody gets a little excited on radio, especially when you have whatever in front of you. I mean, yeah. everybody laughed at me. My, my first time, I gave a report as an officer. I thought the chief was going to report. He didn't get the report. He thought I was going to get the report. We didn't get the report, so I ended up getting on the radio, I'm giving the report, and it was loud and fast. And I just got made fun of royally for it, but you know, it's. I don't every, know. Every, Everybody's going to make a radio mistake. Of course. My my father always says, "You're not a company officer so you burn one down." Everybody's going to burn one down. So you know, it's everybody makes mistakes. You're not perfect. Nobody's yeah. perfect. Nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. He's not perfect. He's not perfect. Everybody's going to fuck up in this job every mm-hmm. day. I make mistakes all the time. Do I wish sometimes I handle things better than I do? Yeah, of course. You know, I'm not. We all do. Everybody. We it's all do. Life. You're a human being. And not only that, but this job inherently, you're making split second decisions
0: right. and inherently right. you're not gonna make the right decision every single time but what you gotta do about the decision
2: you make, how you handle well, the and, 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 and to go back to the limitations saying like if you're not comfortable in something, if I'm not comfortable in something, in my life I've always sought out experts in that field of, of whatever it is and you know, I've learned things from them and done things from them and, you know, bought into what they're doing and applied it to
1: my everyday yeah. life. But fire service. Now, can I follow up with another question, or are you uh? A w- no, go a, ahead, so man. Go right through that notebook. Things. Come on, Geraldo. All right. So, the next part was tips for success, and is this is just great stuff. I'm not trying to give up this whole program here, okay, too, but uh, the, to check your feelings at the door. Always. This isn't
2: a... This isn't a, <laughs> a warmester War boys' choir club here, it's the fire department. And, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer that when they took the bars out of the volunteer fire service, we started attracting weird people. And you know what, at the end of the day, when you're a volunteer fireman, you had a problem with somebody, you went to the bar and back, you had a couple beers and you hashed it out. It's not like that anymore. You go on Facebook, you go on Instagram, Snapchat, whatever, I don't know. But I really think if you want to get your feelings hurt, again, go be a police officer. You guys can
1: all have the same haircut. And then the other thing was, you you don't know where you're (laughs) you're going unless you know where you've been. I love it. (laughs) I have so much to say about all this, but I don't want
0: to jump in. I mean, I you just hitting this on the head. Yeah, no, I you're
2: mean, really it, it's it's. I always, and I said to you today, um, I, I don't, I don't know where my career will take me. I mean, I've always wanted to be, a came to fireman. I always wanted to be an engine captain. I'm an engine captain. I, I mm-hmm. my, my dream in life is fulfilled and it's amazing every day that I go there. And, you know, I always consider myself. I always get a little emotional going to work. and, Anybody watching, would call me a yeah, sissy, I don't really care, but I get emotional walking to the back door. And I'm a little weird. I carry my Halligan with me in my truck and I put my Halligan out, and I'm a, I'm a weird guy like that. Or Pro Bar. It's not a Halligan, it's a Pro Bar. But, you know, I consider myself that 14 year old kid from Collinswood, New Jersey, who was a fire explorer. And I'm still that pimple faced, weird looking kid who was awkward and didn't really know where he was going. And, you know, you got to, if you forget where you come from in any aspect of this job, you're going to be a shitty leader, and people are not going to like you. You may have a seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven thousand dollars a month pension, but people are not going to want, but want to buy you a fucking drink at a retirement dinner. And I'd rather have a one thousand dollars a month pension and have everybody buying me drink at a retirement dinner because you know what? My men's what they think of me means more than anything than any dollar amount. You I more than anything in this job. I agree yeah? with
0: you a thousand percent. I think legacy yes. is so important Absolutely, I would rather be. I would rather have a strong legacy and be known to be right and a stand-up brother, than to be, you know, somebody that ends up with millions in the bank and just walked over anybody to get there. Absolutely. And and that's so important. I mean, it just speaks to character. But yeah, I think that part of it is starting to get lost. And I think talking about legacy. I mean, I know like the upbringing I had, and you talk you talk about your upbringing a lot tonight with how your father and mother raised you and. And your values is directly because of the way they raised Absolutely. you. And I'm, I'm a firm believer. And I think that's part of what's missing today is just you know ethics, morals, the right way to be raised, and so on. And that's a whole other conversation. But what I'm getting at is this: is when I do, th- I remember when I used to smoke cigarettes. and never smoked in front of my parents a day I in my life. Smoke, any good? Camel lights, nice. Yeah. Why you? Yeah. More about Reds. Rads. Oh, you're you know you tough, tough, yeah, tough guy. Yeah, you're tough. When I was trying to be tough, I'd rip the filters on and just smoke the camels, but. But I never... But here's the thing. I had such... a they one grump or two? That's a whole other night. <laughs> so, so... The long, long story short of all this is is the fact that I had such respect for my parents and the name that I carry sure. that I did not want to disappoint mm-hmm. them or or make them feel less of me because I felt that I was raised better and I should have known better. So
2: when I worked at a Squad 7, I went there... Um, <clears throat> this the project, in my opinion, is a covenant spot in the camp fire department, and uh, I mean, it's tattooed on my wrist. Uh, I, I, It was, anybody who knows me is watching this, they know how I feel about sevens, but uh, when I went there, I didn't, I didn't put in to go there. I put in to go someplace else, and there was a spot, and, you know, I, I got a chance to go there, and I remember going there, and I, when I got my front piece and putting that seven on my helmet, I just thought to myself, like, I remember walking in my first tour, like, again, kind of an emotional guy, I got a little. Like, I will burn the back of my face off for the seven on my helmet. I will awesome. not I ever go, I will go as deep as I can go. I will do whatever I have to do to be a part of this organization. And, you know, that, that, that has never left me. And, you know, I am so proud to be a canon fireman to the point where I have been in fist fights about it. And I, you know, you know, people say on another vacant house fire, I will break a beer glass in your face. I don't care. Like, you know, those are my brothers. I don't care what you're saying. Let's fight about it. You know, and not that I'm saying it's the right thing to do, but everybody should have that passion about what they do, where they're from,
1: and, and, Hell and you know, what's and, a belief. Absolutely. And it's a value and it's close to you and that's you're gonna defend it. Like absolutely. that's I mean,
2: it's everything I buy into. I buy into this every day. This is my life, you know. It's, it's my life. life. This job is my life and you know, when mm-hmm. I didn't have it I was nutty and you know, I, I got a little humbled by not having it for twice in my life so far. I, yeah. I, I haven't had it, you know. But, you know, again, going back to the company officer thing, and, you know, it's integrity, it's reputation, it's consistency, it's breeding good people. But, you know, at the end of the day, if, if you're not for the men, if you're not for the, the goal, you are a straight-up asshole who has ego that should have retired 10 years ago, and the job is past you. And you know what? Good riddance. Good riddance, I'll never buy you a drink. Because, you know, the, the, the fireman... That I know, the fireman I know that that because even if you're a deputy chief, you're a fireman. You
1: know, of if you're course. A fireman, and you go
2: that way, you're the guy who is taking care of people, worrying about people. You know, there was a deputy chief in my job, deputy chief Glassman. I mean, every day that I was in the hospital, he not only texted my wife to make sure I was okay, but it was in my hospital room every day. He didn't have to do that. You know, it, 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 it's just it's the little things that go a long way in this job, and that's what's missing right now. It's yes, that's sir. what's missing.
1: Yeah, well put. You now'll well put. One of the other, like, and I'm going to kind of roll them into three here, but, like, you had respect the senior man, find a mentor or mentors, and then your positive and negative mentors, like, hit on that. Because, I mean, I think that, like, we don't respect the senior people because I think new guys come in and they're so, just like, oh, that's, that, that's Tucker. He's I mean, the we, ex-chief. I'm not going to listen to him. We,
2: we kind of talked about it earlier, um, you know, when the bell goes off and you got to go to the firehouse and maybe miss the break, but there's that old guy that comes out, like, I love the old guy. Mm-hmm. Well, f- first off, in, in our generation right now, he's probably like a veteran of a war. You can probably talk to him about that, which is cool in itself. But that pain in the ass guy who wants you to make him coffee. Guess what? In thirty years, you're gonna be that fucking pain in the ass guy. So get like one of us is gonna be. I, out of the four of us sitting here, yeah. it's gonna be one of us. It's gonna be. Yeah. You know, it's probably gonna be you. Yeah. Just kidding. But. No, seriously. No, yeah. If you you don't respect the seniority, like, they fought these fires. Like, they went to seven fires a day where maybe I went to seven fires in in six months. You know, I'm bitching about being hurt or whatever. Like, fuck that. Like, these guys did it. They did it with less equipment, with three quarter boots, rubber coats, corduroy corduroy collars, leather helmet, no hood. (sighs) And they laughed at it. Fireballs. Yeah, he,
1: yeah, he yeah about There was that. a guy in yeah. Detroit on YouTube who did an interview when he first got on the job. And he was just like, you know, I went to X amount of fires and like these people died and I came back. And like one of the senior guys like, you all right? And I'm like, oh man, it was a rough day. It's like, yo, you didn't have a rough day. Like you had a day. The people out in the street had a rough day. You're the, here. And the like. Senior guys usually, the, the real senior
2: guys usually want to breaking your balls. Mm hmm. You know, but you can find some common ground with him some way, shape, or form. He doesn't want to be taken care of. You can find a way to take care of him and, you
1: know... And he appreciates it and respects it. He'll never
2: let you know it. No, but, like, that's his way. But, I'll tell you what, if you get him out of the firehouse and, like, maybe to the Christmas dinner and you buy him a beer, that's usually when he opens up. It's not going to be in the firehouse. But, you know, it's, uh... The senior man is, and we talked about it in in, in the career job in New Jersey, It's kind of going to be a lost thing, and it's tough, you know. But those old guys, even in your volunteer firehouse, the guy who Halsey Watson has—he's eighty-seven years old, and he's a big P in the ass, and he doesn't want to—he doesn't want to spend more than hundred dollars on the, on the right. monthly meeting. Right. Find out why he doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it might be a good backstory to it.
0: And, and you're absolutely right. And I mean, that's why we're here. You know, I mean, that inherently, yeah. when when we all talked about starting this platform that's what it was about right it was about finding out what does the senior what makes the senior man tick how do we make how do we carry on their stories and culture and make this a go
2: and uh you're right you're absolutely right I, you know, and it I, drives it drives our business i i miss a lot of senior guys and it's hard to believe um uh, that some guys in my class in my job are considered senior guys i mean they deserve it they deserve the distinction mm-hmm. oh, of, okay. of the experience but you know, they're they're my age, a couple of years older, and you know they have a lot of time left on the job. So you know it's a weird yeah. sort of thing. What were the other points? I'm sorry.
1: I, no, finding a mentor. So your positive, negative mentors. So, and
2: then, uh, mentors. so the, the finding a mentor is a hard thing to do because they gotta want to be a mentor. You know what I mean? They gotta want to be your mentor, and you know sometimes you might have a mentor you might not even know it, and you know if you can find that mentor and push you in the right direction it's uh and that's one of the things i try to do when I, when i go and teach is i'm not looking to be everybody's mentor personally but like maybe i can mentor you through one of my classes and again you know one of my biggest things is, is making myself accessible to anybody who takes one of my classes or is on my instagram page you can send me a message you can call me you can please don't call me i don't like phone, but if you text me if you text me, I'll get back to you. <coughs> uh, sorry. If you text me, I'll get back to you and, you know. So no phone calls people. No, but, you know, a, a mentor, and I, I told you this story before. It's the third time I said it. But, like, when I was 17 years old, I sent Vincent Don an email. And in 48 hours, the guy got back to me. And I almost had a heart attack when I saw the inbox. Yeah. You know, it was like AOL. Yeah, You know, I was like, holy shit. But, like, this guy took the time to email me. And he's Vincent Dunn, like that guy, yeah. He's he's it's he's a, cop, a god, you know. I mean, he, he he's a, he's an evil genius, and but it's like something like you look like a guy like Mike Lombardo. You could if you see Mike Lombardo, you yeah. See, sit here right now, yeah. Have a beer, and you know these are the guys who you want to surround yourselves with, you know, mentors. You want somebody who is positive, has a positive outlook, isn't pissed off, and you know has a negative thing. But you know, positive and negative mentors, I've learned a lot from good mentors, just like the negative ones. Like, I've learned a lot of what not to do. Like, I've seen people make a lot of, like, shitty mistakes on fires, shitty mistakes on the You know, that's a good days. point, though. Like, you know, you like,
0: do learn from
3: shitty mentors. Like, I'm like, dude, I will No never, doubt.
2: I will never. <laughs> I mean, I've seen some crazy shit on the job, and I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I will never do that. Yeah. You know, anybody you work with. I never thought of that, though. Anybody you, you know? work with, you can take something away from. Yeah. You know, even, even if it's in the bed. But mm-hmm. you know, and, and that doesn't go with all sorts. It goes with anybody. Yeah, it, it's and there's a lot of got people out there that they want to. Again, we've talked about it all night, like the aggressive fire taxes thing. Like a lot of people are getting away from it. And they don't want to admit that they're buying into it because their department's not buying into it. Like there's ways to reach out. Like you know, you can people reach out to me all the time, yeah. and you know, I will try to guide you in a certain way. But you got to take it yourself a whole different direction. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. It's hard. It is. it is, especially nowadays. Without a doubt, and and this this job is
0: changing. The career is changing. The I don't
2: think a job changes. I think a job will always stay the same. I yeah. think the culture's changing. The I okay. Not, you're, the, you're, the, so, the, so, the yes. job is nine one one. I agree. Answer it, I agree. And we are here selflessly. And I think people. I think people are scared to. Not scared. I don't want to use the word scared. But people are don't understand the sacrifice of being. We are. We are the last thing between anarchy and the world. When you call, like when I call nine one one. Maybe I am engaged in illegal activity, but I have a CO detector going off in my house and I have kids living in my house and I need the CO detector. I need my house meter to make sure I don't have any carbon monoxide in my house. I look to the fire department. I don't right. look to the police department. No, you're right to the fire department. you I'm sorry. Because I am the last civil service between anarchy and I take a lot, right? Because I, do, I don't give a shit if you are whatever illegal activity you're engaging, just as long as you're not hurting human beings. Uh, if you're hurting somebody, I'm calling the cat. If you're not, God bless you. And that's animals. Too. If you're hurting animals, I'm going to call somebody too. But you know what? Have at it. If you're dealing drugs, you're yeah. selling you know, missiles to whoever, I don't care. I don't give a shit. You know? it's good.
0: Hey, um. you're right. You're absolutely right. and then yeah. we, can, we can go on and on and on. we gotta,
1: we got to wrap it up. We do. It. I'm sorry. You know, no, are you, mean? are you kidding me? We could sit here for hours. Give me another beer we'll, we'll keep going. I, I, did, I did the whole Raldo thing, sort of asking That's questions. I know it's so You, but you it. dipped it in the jar of spring a little Yeah. Does that make <laughs> Hucker Steve hold? Are you talking about Sullivan oh. county or something? What? Or more, you are the father. No. Nice.
0: You know that meme It says the the tests are back and it rules that you are not a firefighter, right? That's how it's going. Anyway, Um, anyway, thank you. We're going to wrap, but uh, there's going to be a lot more talk going on after this. But uh, I can't thank you enough for coming tonight. Come back uh, for season two. Season two, absolutely.
1: So wrap it up, Rob. Everybody, it's Rob from National Fire Radio. Thanks for checking in. This is our part two tonight of our two-part series. It's somehow happened here. <laughs> Bobby Eckert in the studio. With Tucker Daly, Jeremy Donch, also known as Hey Everybody, it's Jeremy from National Fire Radio. Yeah, it's a ringtone but, on iTunes, 99 cents. But uh, we'll catch you again later. Everybody be safe out there, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks.
0: Take care, guys. Yeah, thanks.